powered from the Perdomo Scott Studios on the Red Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane, Australia. It's episode 69 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, we continue our look at the Rolling Stone Top 500 as we look at songs 250 to 201. And as always, the Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Estate Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double-Aged 12-Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, the Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel-Aged, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the new Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And by Agonorsa Leaf. Be sure to check out this month's uh, Agonorsa experience on the Cigar Coop website. Go over to the right sidebar and you can click on the Agonorsa experience. And it will take you to a video hosted by Terrence Riley, which who will be giving an overview of the Lunatic line, which is a series of odd shapes and uh, different blends and sizes um, just at a very good affordable price. So go and uh, check that out. And uh, we'll also be highlighting some new content this month as well on the Agonorsa experience. Also want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars of Cuba, it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamasran Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years experience in the tobacco business from growing and curing tobacco to scar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with JRE Tobacco, Julio and his son Justo bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in 100% authentic Corojo Puro, San Andreas Maduro, Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade, Cameroon, or Bono wrapper representing the Golden Age of Scars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retail, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And finally, buy Drew Estate. Check out and download the Drew Diplomat app for your mobile device. Keep up with everything going on Drew Estate. Experience the subculture that is the rebirth of cigars. It's available on iTunes or Google Play. For more information, check out www.drewdiplomat.com and be sure to check out their beta program for the Drew Diplomat app. And as always, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate, as well as the California studios for the Primetime Show. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Jukebox, episode 69, an early April edition. This is Will Cooper. I'm in the Perdomo Scar Studios here on the Red Stage. And I'm joined uh, almost all the way, halfway around the world, by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Dave Burke. 
Hey, Coop. Uh, we're we're past halfway. Yeah, past halfway in our countdown today. I know. Uh, this this Rolling Stone countdown, which we started um late last year. You know, we haven't done one of these in two months. I mean, there's been so much we've wow. going so on. Much on. There's yeah. been so much we've had going on that it we haven't done one of these in a while, and we're going through the top 500 uh, songs of Rolling Stone as blind as we can go through them without um without kind yeah. of um spoiling it and we're kind of just uh picking out our favorite songs here and um i think this has been a very very uh good experience that we've seen so far um and i think this this when we talk about today there's some things that are starting to shake out and there's gonna be some surprises for sure uh as we get into things oh yeah it's gonna be it's it's gonna be great yeah it's a big it's a big sort of show theme and we're sort of working through it um, we got tons of huge stuff today. We got Grammys recap. We got the 500. We got battle of the bands recap. Yeah. Lots of stuff. A lot, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, it's a, it's a very busy show. I would say it's a jam packed show for sure. Um, mm. so, um, why don't we just quickly mention battle of the bands? What, what yes. is happening? Um, What's going so on? If you are watching uh, this now live uh, on Monday, uh, the probably the beginning of the second round matchups have been completed at this point. Um, mm-hmm. So as far as that goes, um, we have all we have, I guess, what we would call the uh, Sweet 16 um, in these matchups. So I'm going to just kind of. Uh, I'll read them off real quick um, just for time sakes. I know we have a rather than bring up the brackets because I know there's a lot. So Dave, we'll start off with your bracket. Mm. Um, right now, uh, there's a matchup that's probably uh, about close to wrapped up. Well, it's not wrapped up already. Radiohead's OK Computer, the top seed, is uh, in a battle with Lauren Hill's The Miseducation Oof. of Lauren Hill. So um, it's going to be, I mean, I, man, that's a tough one for uh, Lauren. Lauren's done well, uh, you know, had a good, good uh, first round win. Uh, in fact, the ladies have done well for you, Dave, undef- as opposed to last year when they just laid an egg on them. Uh, I, I know it's not the best yeah. thing to say, but I didn't mean, but they just, they, 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 they did nothing. But uh, this year, uh, Alanis Morissette uh, is set to take on the Beastie Boys. Uh, it's Jagged Little Pill, uh, Alanis album versus the Beastie Boys, check mm. your head. So um, definitely some, um, you know, you have some very good matches. The BC boys destroyed public enemy. I mean, it wasn't even close. Uh, that was surprising for me. That was that big. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. If you're following Hector Alfonso's bracket, and by the way, the show notes will have all the links to everything here. Uh, his has been pretty much chalk so far. So Nirvana, uh, mm. Nevermind is in a top seed in a battle with Eminem, Slim Shady LP. Uh, that's a one four matchup. And also in the other uh, bracket on Hector's end, he's got Green Day Dookie versus Dr. Dre's The Chronic. Mm. So uh, that's oh. yeah. There have been no. That's a, that'll be an interesting one. Yeah, that will be. Uh, I think that's a very kind of two just totally different bands there. But Hector's had no upsets on his end right now. Um, we turn mm. to my bracket, um, and there's been some upsets here. Um, in the second round, Metallica's Metallica album is uh, going to battle Santana's Supernatural. Oh, that's a one-four matchup. But on the other end, um, 
it's been a, like a massacre. Uh, the Counting Crows, uh, up uh, August and everything after upsets U2's Act Tongue Baby. Yes, you pre- you uh, predicted that that might happen. I thought it might happen. U2 backlash. So Counting Crows is in the matchup against Billy Joel's River of Dreams, a seven seed. Oh, uh, now Billy Joel and uh, defeated Meatloaf in one of the wildest back and forth. Uh, oh, yeah, I've it was very seen. back and forth. It, yeah. It, yeah, I was telling Dave, I went to bed and it looked like Meatloaf had it won or at least was going to pull it out. And I wake up the next morning and Billy Joel had, had, had gotten ahead by one vote and, and pulled it out in the end. So uh, it's counting crows versus Billy Joel on that other end of my bracket, which is interesting. Mm. Finally. Yeah, that'll be. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. What, what do we got? What's the yeah. final one? Oh, yeah. I didn't mean cut you off. I'm sorry. Um, John's bracket's kind of interesting, Ooh. too. So John's got Pearl Jam's 10 um, yeah. against Nine Inch Nails, the downward spiral. So um, that's kind of been a that's a one four chalk matchup. But on the other on his other end, he had a couple of uh, things happen. Uh, Wu-Tang Clans enter the Wu-Tang uh, up, you know, gets a spot beating Notorious B.I.G.'s. Um, mm. and Guns N' Roses uh, knocked out the tragically hip in a blowout. Yes. Now, but here's the thing that was interesting wow. about that. He picked Guns N' Roses first, right? And he seated yes. them seventh. He picks the oh. tragically hip last, and he seated Seeds them him. second. So I, I have to talk. He had to have a strategy in what he did here. I, I think there was some logic he had with this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. He's looking at matchups or something, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So he's got, I said, Wu-Tang Clan versus Guns N' Roses and another very interesting matchup. So. Oh, yeah. So definitely get out and vote. Uh, some matchups have had higher votes than others, is what I'll say. Um, but you get they get weighted the same. No matter You get entered in for those prizes that were given out, which are the uh, Vinyl Me Priest gift card as well as the Alec Bradley or Drew Estate Ashtray. So uh, definitely get in on that. Uh, and then we're talking about getting a Final Four show together. So we'll, we're working on scheduling with that still. Yes, we just got to find a, a date, I think, both. And then the Final Four show, what we're each going to do is sort of uh, champion why our record should win the uh, championships because each person will have one record in the final four. Yeah. Exactly. And it'll be a bit of a it'll be a bit of a debate about who should take it all. Totally, totally. Yeah, I think it's gonna be exciting here as well. Um, so uh, you know, and it's kind of you know, I the the one seeds are very strong this year. Um mm. I wouldn't surprise me if we have four one seeds in the final. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, especially Vic. I mean, especially Hector's with um, Nevermind. Yeah, I I think Nevermind can uh, be beaten. though. I still think Nevermind could be beaten. I'm not I'm not ready to give this to Hector. Man, it's good. Um, and the they have been, it, that album's been walking. It's been like I think each time it's won, it's winning like eighty to twenty and stuff like that. Yeah, the only thing is that Pearl it's Jam walking had a, coop. but Pearl Jam had a lot of people come out and vote for them. And that was one thing I was that's what I noticed in this is who comes out to vote. And because that could that could see how some of these later matchups they go. So it will be interesting to see. It'll be interesting. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. As far as that goes. So stay tuned on that. 
Um, all right. So, couple, I guess, a couple other quick notes. Um, Dolly Parton is still on the ballot, by the way, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes. Uh, I confirmed so, uh, that after the show. Um, it was actually a, there was actually a statement that was issued that I we had missed, or I had missed, or you know, it was missed, but there was a statement out there on it. So I guess the question is, will, will people vote for her or not? I mean, I don't. They might have already voted, it sounded like. If you, if oh, that's I, what you said, yeah. Yeah, because that's what I think a lot of their logic was had saying, you know, they kind of appreciated her comments, didn't seem like there was anything, but it was too late to do anything at that point. So it depends on mm. if people sent the ballot in or not. I'm going to guess she right. doesn't get in. That's just, I think, the way, but, you know, we'll see. Mm, it is a strange situation for the Grammys, it's like to have you know the ballots out. Someone's like, I don't want to. I mean, it's sort of like, uh, yeah, it was sort of like with the Grammys with the rap category where Drake, boom, he's like, ah, no, nah, take me off or whatever it was. <laughs> they took them off, and, they, and so they only had a category with like four records on it. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Um, so they did do that. It, it, and I don't know who, because to me, I don't know if they maybe they sent. I don't know if the ballots were sent out or not for the Grammys with that. Oh, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I mean, they got sent out. I mean, yeah. I don't know how many voters. I mean, the Grammys sort of work in, in mystery, so you don't yeah. know who voters are. Yeah, yeah. As as does the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, working, they're 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 a mystery in themselves too, yeah. for sure. Um, as far as that goes, so. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, so our Grammys. Oh, uh, we'll talk. About, oh, you have a you want to talk about. Yeah, I'll go real quick uh, because this one is one that hit close to home. Uh, Bobby Rydell mm-hmm. uh, passed away at the age of 79. Um, Bobby Rydell was a teen heartthrob in the late 50s, early 60s. And as he kind of, I guess, grew out of adolescence into adulthood, he really became uh, he always maintained his popularity in the Philadelphia area. Uh, he, I, I'll even go as far to say he was royalty in the Philadelphia area. He's beloved. Um, he was huge in Philadelphia, performed in Atlantic City and in the city a lot. Um, so it's I don't think he ever had the popularity like he did uh, in, in the late 50s and 60s but certainly he uh, was a big fabric of, of, of philadelphia he died at 79 complications that sounded like of pneumonia um mm. he was known for you know a lot of his songs that were you know in that that i guess the end of the doo-wop era and he also sung a lot about uh the area he lived in so there's a song called wildwood days named at the wildwood beach in south jersey uh, of course he's known for volare his version that's probably his mm. most popular one and of course, the Cha 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 song, which is one of my personal favorites. So he'll be Miss Bobby Rydell, uh, dead at seventy nine years old. Yeah, I saw that, um, and I didn't know much about him. So it's good to have you talk to that. And see, have such a regional following that depending on where you live in America, it's like they're huge or you kind of just hear about them or so no, it's good to give him a, give he him sold his due. A, he sold a lot of records, Dave. That's the thing that people don't realize. Like he, cause he was in that, like mm. there was a point where he was really, really popular. I mean, he was like, um, you know, I mean, 
he was up there. I mean, this is like right in between the Beatles and Elvis. Um, Bobby Rydell was was mm. was enormous um, in popularity. Um, he sold 25 million records, this guy. Um, so um, he's had wow. top 40 hits. Yeah. It's just like for the past 40, 40, 50 years, he's really just like I said, he just maintained uh, uh, in Philadelphia uh, was not I don't want to say quiet life, but I think he was totally happy doing that. Um, and, you know, like I said, he had streets named right. after him. He was constantly in the community. I, I know people who, who knew him personally. Uh, in fact, I found out Bobby Rodell died before it hit the news because I know wow. someone who knew him. Yeah. Uh, who lived in the area. So um, he was a regular Philly guy who just, you know, wanted to be like everybody else. So uh, those teen days were long behind him is what I'll say at that point. Mm-hmm. So, so yep, yeah, Bobby Wright. Thanks for that, Coop. Yep. Mm. Mm. So, so if you get a chance to listen to some Bobby Rydell, and we got cigars, Coop. Before we hop into our, so our Grammys recap is going to take a little bit of time. Yes. So Let's do our cigar first. Yeah. Um. So Dave, you are lighting up. Um. One of uh, the Steve Saka Stillwell stars, um, which is the Bayou number three. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I got I got that. Yeah. And if you you've it's, smoked some of these, right, you've smoked a couple of these already. I had one. Um, so this kind of is we usually do our our developing palettes review of the week, but we have a lot of stuff to get through um but they did review one of these before i think it was the aromatic or something yeah and i agree with a lot of their statements on that in that i was very excited for this cigar i was very excited for this cigar line because it just sounds interesting like the pipe tobacco thing um and then i saw that review and they were a bit down on it Thought there should have been more pipe tobacco in it. Like, didn't really, didn't really kind of made it average, I guess. And so I'm like, oh, I, I'll try. And I picked the one that had the perique in it because I find perique tobacco very interesting from when I hear what I hear about it. And so, yeah, so I smoked one um, a while ago. So it'll be interesting to see if this gives me the same uh, flavor. If, if this is set for a while, so maybe a bit different. Um, and Coop, they're talking about this. You may know about this, but they're talking about they wanted more sort of pipe tobacco flavor in it, but they're wondering if it's like a rolling issue because the t- pipe tobacco is so wet. Like, is it an issue of they can't put more in it and have it like smoke, like a combustion issue? It may be. It may be, you know, because again, pipe tobacco is, you know, it's a more, more like, you know, it's a little more moist at times, right? Mm. So, um, they, um, these four, like, there's four blends. There's the aromatic number one, yep. the English number 27, the bayou number 32, and the navy, navy. 56. Yep. Um, so this bayou one, as I, you smoked the bayou one already? Or you smoked the aromatic? Yeah, I had one a while ago. Okay. No, I had. So, I'm sorry, you cut out on that. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you cut out. Oh no, I had the Bayou one like a, like a long time ago. Okay. Well, not a long time ago, but a few weeks ago. Yeah, so this is it's using like a 
Red Virginia's and Perique Tobacco. Red Brighton Red mm. Virginia Leaf and St. James Perique Tobacco. Um, I think it's the most polarizing of the four that you're smoking. Um, I think people really? either really like it or they hate it. There's no in-between that I've seen with this one, at least from people I've talked to. Um, I would say that this one is more... I say the aromatic number one is the least pipe tobacco one, though. Uh, okay. It's a, it's a milder blend as a whole. So, mm. um, and I think there's that sweetened cap, again, it kind of, I think it does interfere with it. So the aromatic mm. one is, is, I'd say, the least pipe tobacco-ish of the four. Um, the Bayou, I'd say, is the one... Um, that's been the most polarizing, at least. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested now. So, yeah. what, uh, what are you smoking, Coop? All right, I am smoking. Uh, the this is a newer release. Let's see if I can get that in there. The light is bad, but that is the <laughs> that is the Drew Estate Twenty Acre Farm. Mm. So. Uh, this is the uh, newest FSG blend mm. by Drew Estate. Uh, if you look at the light wrapper, it is a Connecticut shade wrapper, Honduran binder, and uh, Nicaraguan and FSG fillers. And I'm smoking the 6x52 Toro, which had a – I already pulled off the cedar sleeve and mm. was already playing with it, you can see. Um, so, you know what's interesting is they re- – they they released these cigars as part of that like freestyle live kit where they mm. were, they sent out some unbanded ones. Um, and I'll be honest, I didn't like those cigars, right. That they sent, but what's hit the market is much mm. better. So, uh, I'm, I guess that this is a, uh, like I said, this is an FSG blend with Connecticut right now. So, uh, it's also a more premium cigar by Drew estate. This is, um, mm-hmm. These are not cheap. These are this is like thirteen dollars and forty cents. This cigar, uh, so it's not a cheap right. cigar by any means. Uh, but you know, get, keep in mind, is made in the U.S. Uh, not made, I'm sorry, it's, it's from it's tobacco grown in the U.S. Excuse me. Right. So it, it does factor into that. Um, and uh, you know, it's kind of Drew State doesn't have a lot of traditional Connecticut shade offerings to begin with. Um, you know, they have underground shades, so and this is like really one of the few mm. that they have right now. So I'm gonna get ready to cut mine up and light it at this point yeah the fsg i like that fsg i like that line so uh i'd be excited to uh try that have you had uh yeah so here's the the uh the good news and the bad news um the bad news is uh drew state is no longer selling oh, no. the fsg line oh man i'm gonna need to like under that Good news is Corona still carries it as an exclusive. I'm going to need to get those in. Yeah, but no, they're not gone forever because Corona's got them as an exclusive. Ooh, that was a good cigar. I liked it. Yeah, it, I did too. And I think that those original FSGs, and I'm going to be down in Orlando next month. So I could pick some up. But I think those original FSGs have aged very well. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, I am uh, – you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of glad it didn't go away completely is what I'm saying. Yeah. So am I. Yeah. Ooh, I'm excited. To, I'm excited to try this coop. Yep. Uh, I'm going to toast mine up right now as well. 
So um, I did smoke a couple of these when I was down in Florida um, last well, back. Actually, now it's February. So. So while Coop is getting his cigar going, I'm just going to. So the Emmys happened. Good to do a recap since we did a prediction show a long time ago. And so what I got Coop in the notes is I have. We each picked who we thought was going to win and who we wanted to win. So I got for each of us who we thought and who we wanted and then who actually won. Right. Right. Which I um, and. Yep. I was just going to say, and this year for the Grammys, for a couple categories, it was known as a uh, year of uh, upsets. I think so it was a lot of upsets. Be, uh, it is, uh, it, yes, yes. So we get to see, we get to see, and and uh, and, and I think we did all right. I think we did all right. Um. I think we did, too. And I'm going to say this. I don't think the Grammys did terrible this year. No, I mean, what what was terrible about the Grammys this year is just that some of the some of the categories were so woeful that. Yeah, like they were so that it was like, well, there's only one or two albums that are any good in that category anyway. Yeah. So. Um. So we'll start with record of the year. So I thought, or I wanted Sonic leave the door open to win that track. I wanted that track to win. I thought Lil Nas X would win. I thought Lil Nas X would win. And Coop, here's, here's, uh, I thought Lil Nas X, X would win mainly because that song was pretty big and he wasn't nominated in any other category. So I thought he would get it. Uh, Coop, you also wanted Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic to win. Yep. And you thought John Baptiste Freedom would win. Yeah, and I kind of thought that the Grammys were going to really dig John Baptiste. It turned out they did. We'll get to that. They yeah. did? Yeah. yeah. He was nominated for a fair amount of categories. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, and the winner... The winner is who we wanted. So the winner was leave the door open. So we we're both uh, good job both kind the, of on top of that. Good job by the Grammys. Um, good job by the Grammys on that one. I got to say, and, uh, and it was a defeat for your girl, Olivia Batista, uh, Olivia Rodriguez, excuse me. Yes. I, yes. I mean, she does get her moment in the sun, but I thought she would win uh, more. Yeah. Uh, album of the year. Yeah. Coop wanted Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. Now, some of us, too, like, I just got to say, some of these were records that weren't even, like, nominated. <laughs> that we, right. So they obviously didn't have a chance to win. No, but, I think mine was. Mine was. Uh, yeah. Here's was. I'm just looking at other uh, other categories yeah. here. Um, yeah, Tony Bennett, Lady Gaga. Coop thought it was going to be soured by Olivia Rodrigo. I wanted to Swift Evermore to win. I also thought it was going to be Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. And it was John Baptiste. We are. And Dave, that was the that, shocker, I think. It was a shocker, but you know, that was a good album. It, mm. it, and I'm, I'm sorry it was better than Olivia Rodrigo's Sour. Um, it was a good album. <laughs> you, you know, it's like the Grammys have to, they, they, I think they've gone down this route where they're going to, they constantly have embraced these like, 
the 19 to 22 year old female musician. I'm like, you got to do, there's got to be something else out there is what I'm saying. Well, there you go. Uh, and I just, and I'll be honest, I didn't think sour was as strong as some of the other 19 to 22 year old female musician stuff we've seen over the years. So, um, I didn't see it coming though with, with, with the, for the album, I thought freedom for sure was their track, but that's a good album, Dave. Mm. That's, that's a nice album. It's, it's, uh, like I said, it's uh, there's some good stuff on that album. So that's the big, that's the big. Uh, I think that was the big surprise. Yeah, that was two for two. Uh, it, they, I think they did good. Uh, yeah. Now, um, he won't come up in any of our other categories. So I think he won some. Uh, what a couple more? Did I he? think he did, but I don't, not in our categories. But yeah. like you know, they have like a bazillion categories. Um. But yeah, so song of the year. <laughs> I want Taylor Swift Coney Island, which wasn't even nominated. nominated. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was the song of the year. Um, I thought uh, Driver's License would win because it's such a big song. Yeah. Uh, Coop wanted Leave the Door Open from uh, Silk Sonic. Who, if you don't know Silk Sonic, um, Bruno Mars, yeah. uh, kind of like a super group. As such. Yeah. Although with all these wins, they might put out another record now. Uh, yeah. Um, and he also thought Olivia Rodrigo would win with driver's license. Uh, but the winner was uh, Silk Sonic. Leave the door open. Good And a good job by the Grammys again on this one. Uh, that's a really good, good track is what I'll just say. It's it's kind of an old school vibe. Oh, yeah. To it, but it can appeal to anybody. Um, uh, yeah. And I, I, yeah, I would say. It's a good question what Silk Sonic's like future is, uh, because like I said, they 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 won two very big categories. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've sort of seen this like Run the Jewels was sort of like this, like they were just like a, oh, we'll try it out, but that album sold more than either of them sold solo, so now it's now they're a group and they put yeah. out like four records. Exactly. So so I could see the say I could see them put out another record, um, with Don Baptiste and, um. And uh, Silk Sonic, you, you, I mean, you can sort of the, the the Grammys went throwback. They went like throwback, sort of 60s, 70s soul kind of kind of R and B sort of thing. Because Batiste is a bit is a bit throwback to that sort of Motowny sound, and um, and like and Silk Sonic is a definite throwback. Band. Like they they have no they make no bones about it like they're a total throwback band yeah like seventies exactly so they went they went throwback this year coop they're they, loving the they, throwback they did and they haven't shown that kind of love in a long time at the Grammys where that's why I just didn't I didn't see it coming right maybe I could argue that that John Batista for album of the year I probably should have seen that one a bit mm. um because. It's kind of funny because after we did the show, I was listening to the album a little more, and I'm like, "This is a pretty good album." I just, I didn't think it was gonna, you know, beat out. I thought, you know, thought they were in love with Sour. So, um, oh, so yeah. I was in love with Sour. I think I know you were. <laughs> I think too, if I know correctly, I think also what they would have liked about that uh, John Batiste record um, is let me just look up. I'm just kind of checking out. Because he has some guest yeah. uh, artists on there. Like, isn't um, isn't Mavis Staples on there? 
I'm looking right now. I'm not sure if she is. Why yeah, so I- it features it features Mavis Staples, PJ Morton, yeah, trombone shortly. So they have. So the other thing I think in his favor is he has these old, um, older uh, artists involved that the the Academy likes. Yeah. Like, you know, like Mavis Staples, um, who wrote a song, actually. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so um, it was a good showing by him. Good showing by Silk Sonic. Finally, we get to Best New Artist. You know, Dave, one comment before we kind of move on from John Batista. It's the first yep. time a black artist won album of the year um, since 2008 when Herbie Hancock did it. Mm. So um, that, that's a big, that's a big, big achievement. Yeah, I'm trying to think some other albums. It's been a while. Year. It's been a while, though. I thought Channel, oh, Channel Orange might not have won it. Anyway, yeah. So, no, good uh, good on him. I mean, if you look at it, too, like, so far you have, with the major categories, John Batista and um, and Silk Sonic just dominating, really. I mean, they dominate all the major categories. Yep. Olivia got shut. It, it was a big shutout for Olivia Rodrigo. Yes. However, we get to best new artist. Coop wanted a Rouge Aftab and Japanese Breakfast. Yeah, either one I would have sold for. He thought, thought it would be Olivia Rodrigo. I wanted Arlo Parks, who I love Arlo Parks. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought it would be Olivia Rodrigo, and it was Olivia Rodrigo. So, yeah, that, that was no surprise. I mean, I think we, uh, you know, I think that one, you know, was very clear. Uh, and uh, the other ones were, were nice, but not didn't have the year that Rodrigo had. For sure. Now, the one thing that would be interesting with John Batiste is, will he get the Grammys curse coupe? Which is like, usually the people that win, like, album of the year, the next album, album just, like, tanks. Tanks. I know. I, I mean... We talked Happened about to Casey that. Musgraves, uh, um, Arcade Fire, Arcade Fire. Yep. You uh, two. It even happened to. Yep. Uh, um, Frank Ocean. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see how, how it goes for uh, for John there. There was a best new artist jinx for a while, too. Yes. So uh, it's going to be interesting if Olivia Rodrigo can come back and have another commercially successful album and catch the Grammys attention. Um, I think. It, the window will, will close quick on that if she doesn't come out with something. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. And we'll, we'll get to this at the end. I'll save it for the end. Yeah. I'm going to save it, Coop. Yep. Uh, that's a tease because we got a lot. We got we got best rock album. Now, I didn't see this rock album coming. I probably should have. Uh, I want. I have a little conspiracy theory with this one, but yeah. Oh, yeah. it's not that good of an album, Coop. But anyway, um. I wanted uh, Amo and the Sniffers, which is an Australian punk band, which, of course, wasn't nominated. Yeah. Uh, Comfort Me, so check out that record. I thought it was going to be Paul McCartney with McCartney 3, which yep. is a very good record. Very good record. Um, Coop won a cheap trick in Another World, which I know you're high on that record. Wasn't nominated, though. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't nominated, but a very good record. Uh, what, what, which I could see why mine wasn't nominated, because it's pretty much you only yep. know him if you're in Australia. Yep. But why Cheap Trick wasn't nominated, that's just bizarre to but me. But for rock category, um, 
Like Duran Duran, I think their album came out too late. Otherwise, I would have said that one. But for the rock category, yeah, uh, this was an album that was very not just did very well commercially, but it was critically acclaimed by a lot of people saying this is some of Cheap Trick's best work. Well, I thought too. I thought Paul McCartney should have been nominated for just album of the year, but I I did too. Anyway, so but you thought it would be Paul McCartney three as well. McCartney three. Yeah. The winner, Foo Fighters, Medicine at Midnight. Not a good album. In my opinion, you know, it's not that best album. I know you're not a Foo Fighters guy, but I agree. But I just wonder if there was the day. I mean, the, the Taylor Hawkins factor. Yeah, did they go, did I they don't go know. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you wonder about that. You'd have one. to know when the votes come in. Yeah, that's kind of I mean, it's, it's it, I know it's that's where my conspiracy hat goes on. And I know I shouldn't have a conspiracy hat when I'm talking about this, but I just yeah. wonder if it was, you know, because this wasn't a one of the better Foo Fighters albums. I agree. No, and it didn't get a lot of buzz during the year. I would say McCartney 3 got the far DJs, more buzz the during D, the, the year. Yeah, the DJs got more buzz. DJs got more buzz. Yeah. Didn't get a lot of buzz. Didn't have big hits on it. Yeah. Uh, that was a, it was a head scratcher, that one. Um, now, uh, best alternative album. This kind of had music. This is like an, you just call this the other category because this is music like from all over the place. Um, Coop wanted uh, Shore by Flea Foxes with a great record. He thought be Halsey, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. I wanted St. Vincent with Daddy's Home, which is a great record. I also thought it'd be Halsey. I think we both went with Halsey because it was produced by Trent Reznor. There was some big hits off it yeah. at the time. Um, lots of names involved with that record. So he thought, oh, maybe it'll get it over the line. Yeah. Uh, but the winner is St. Vincent. With Daddy's yeah, good, home. Good job, Dave, on that one, calling that one. Yeah. I mean, I like that one. What, what, they got the one right for you. It's a great record, much like um, I don't think it's her best record, but it's a very good record. I was surprised just because Halsey had so much stuff behind I, it. I did so too. Momentum. I did. I did too. I was a little surprised on that one. Uh, but I mean, like I said, at least they got one that you thought was a very good album. Yeah, it's a great album. I was really into that Fleet Foxes um, album. That is a great record. It, it really was, yeah. But I didn't uh, think it was I, I it was who I wanted, but I, I didn't think I had any chance to win. No, it's a very good record, though. Yeah. Um, the, the next category is a travesty of a category. It's like, I think by the end oh. of it, there's only four nominees or something. That was the one, yeah, well, what's-his-face uh, pulled himself yeah. out. Well, so I went with Drake, Drake, <laughs> who I wanted who I, and I wanted Dave. We're all alone in this together, which wasn't nominated, but I thought it was a good rap album. And then who did I think I picked Drake before I found out that Drake pulled his name off it. Yep. And so I had nothing. Uh, Coop wanted and thought it would be Donda by Kanye West. Yep. Um, and the winner's title, the creator. Yeah, we call me the, if you get lost. Yeah, we shit the brick on this one. We were just not even close. Oh, we, 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 neither one I of mean, us thought Yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, one of the one of the tracks, Lumberjack, off that record is going to make my top fifty of the year. But I don't know. I mean, it's just it. It looked like an overall weak category to me. It was a very weak category for rap, and it didn't need to be a weak category. That was the thing. And like we talked about, there are no women in it. Doja Cat, whose record's blowing up, she's not there. Right. Um, you had Megan Thee Stallion, who came out with a record this year. She's not there. Cardi B ain't there. Like, you had 
women artists that had big singles and records out like Doja Cat especially had a great record out. And I guess if you say, well, she's not a rap artist, I guess. But then again, like the alternative category has everybody under the sun in it. Yeah. So, so it's like, like they had nine albums in a year. I mean, how many? Yeah. And you had four in in rap and no women. And it was that was poor. It was a poor. It was very poorly done. Uh, bad job by the Grammys for rap. For sure. Oh, terrible. Yeah. And then we get to country, which is really no pun intended, but a two horse race um, that we we both took opposite ends of um, just, you know, for fun, I guess. Yeah. Coop wanted and thought it'd be Chris Stapleton starting over, which because of how the dates work, the single for that track actually made the top 50 of the previous year for me. Right. Was it a, um, yeah, it was a but later... it was on this year's Grammys. Right. Yeah. So it worked because of the date of the release. Hmm. So if you don't see uh, Chris Stapleton on the top 50 and you're like, oh, but he won the, you know, he was in the Grammys. Why didn't you have him? And it's because I did have him, but the, the previous year. Yeah. Um, so you thought it'd be Chris Stapleton starting over, which is a great record. I thought the only other person that had a chance in that category was Sturgill Simpson with the ballad of Dude and Juanita. So I thought I wanted and thought it would be him. We had a bit of a debate uh, about this because really the difference between the two records is sort of it's like splitting hairs, really. They're both great records. But Coop brings it out. Chris Stapleton starting over the winner great of the country Dave, category. Yeah. An artist that you got me into over the last year. Um, oh, he's so good. And yeah, he's so good. I think you're going to see Chris Stapleton. I think he's a good crossover candidate. I think this guy's going to start crossing over a little more mainstream out of the country realm. Um there's no reason why he can't. Um, no, he's he, this guy could be a superstar in the making right now. Uh, he he did some songs with um. Now the problem was, so he did some song with Justin Timberlake on Timberlake's latest right. on his previous record, but the problem was that record was panned. So <laughs> I think that hurt right. his chances. I mean, he did fine; like he was great on his on his contribution, but. The, the record itself, sales-wise and critics-wise, got destroyed. Yeah. And, and so that hurt, I think, Stapleton because it just didn't get a lot of play. I think, though, yeah, but I think he can maybe do, yeah. I think he's, he collaborates with someone else or he does it on his own. Yeah. Oh, Either definitely. way, gonna, it, yeah. I, I think, though, that, the, like I said, this this starting over album, it's uh, it's more of a his, classic country album. Um, his voice, man. Like, if you really want, and I think I talked about this with Coop, we should do a show on, like, intro, intro records. Like, what's a good record to, like, start with somebody? Yeah, like uh, like a, uh, what's the word? Uh, like, sort of like a, like gateway, a uh, gateway, gateway record. Yeah, yeah. Hector calls cigars gateway cigar. I think that's a, and we'll smoke some gateway cigars, like intro cigars will be good that day. Like so, so because Stapleton had some records out, but I think if you really want to check him out, don't go to the first record. Go to From a Room, volumes one and two. Yeah. Um, and you could tell that you got the right record because the cover is essentially just like an artist rendition of his face. Yes. So right, exactly. And and you know, like I said, when people ask me like, who should I start listening to in excess? I usually point to the third album with them. Yes. Uh, yeah. And Tears for Fears, I'll usually say go to songs. The big shit is second out. Not, it's not always the first album. No. 
Uh, and sometimes no. but that's not dismissing the earlier works. It's just it's not a good starting point for, you know, what you're going to get. No, and I think that's I think that, that uh, from a room is a good starting point because it's a good mix of different like he has ballads on there. He has songs that's just him and a guitar and he has classic country songs with, your, you know, your slide guitar and everything. So he sort of does a variety of songs and his voice is so good on that record yeah. that uh, if you want to check out Chris Stapleton, see what all the hubbub is about. You can, of course, check out this record, but uh, from a room will really give you a good idea of what he's like. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and this is like this. This record starting over. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Coop. No, go ahead. You go. Well, the record starting over. I looked as I looked up just to make sure about this. Time. This is the first record he's done in like, you know, like five, six years or something. Like it's been a while. Yeah, I think it was 2016 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So so hopefully he'll he'll be a bit more, you know, be a bit more on the ball, release some stuff out sooner, okay. take advantage okay. of this. Agree. Agree. I think sometimes if you wait too long, the window passes you by. Uh, I think four years is okay. Yeah. I think anything over four years, you're pushing it. Yep. Yep. Um, I agree. Because famously, Lord releases a new album every four years. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like clockwork. Um, yeah. So I guess the final thoughts of the Grammys, like we we had ups and downs. Some did, they did they thought we they did well. Some we thought, oh, that's pretty poor. I I'll be interested as more and more people move off of radio to like TikTok, Sirius FM channels, podcasts, uh, just digital, like Spotify song list, stuff like that. How impactful the Grammys will be. I think they'll be impactful on sales, but in terms of like career progression, I'll be very interested in. Like, I don't know if it has the same if it's the same sort of springboard to success as it has been in the past. Agree. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about an artist in the new music category who I think is someone who is not coming up through the radio route at all. Mm. Um, it's kind of so, you know, and I think this this artist, she has a lot of potential we're going to be talking about. So um, I agree with you on that. You know, the thing, it wasn't a disaster for Olivia Rodrigo, by the way. She still no. did pick up three Grammys. Uh, she won the best pop uh, category. Uh, she won, she won like, some like it wasn't uh, like best something performance or something. Best pop solo performance and best pop yeah. vocal album in addition to best artist. Um, But I think the Grammys kind of they may be getting off this. Like I said, the young female artist uh, trend they've been on for about a decade now. So mm. um, I, I thought there was I just like I said I just thought some of the. The songs they did this year were um, they would just they just felt like they they kind of expanded their wings a little this year. And like I said, it, I thought the ceremony was awful, by the way, um, you know, in terms of uh, I didn't think there was any great performances we saw this year. For, and I think a lot of it had to do with the rescheduling of this thing, unfortunately. So it wasn't like a great year for performances. Um, but uh, I believe there's a. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens if TikTok eventually becomes a Grammy category. It's already an iHeart Music category, by the way, just so you know. Well, I was thinking that I think 
I think for some artists, the Grammys definitely have a huge impact, right? Because some artists are still very kind of traditional. They need the radio play, that sort of thing. But like Olivia Rodrigo, the whole reason she got big, I mean, was radio play, but it was also TikTok and social media. Like everybody singing to her song on TikTok and doing dance to it and whatever. Um, so she I don't. Has, she, had, she had the Disney TV experience too. Yeah, yeah. I think I think for the newer artists, like even your Japanese breakfast and stuff like that. Like I don't know how crucial the Grammys and radio play and stuff is. And how a lot more of their success is dependent on social media and, and stuff like that. Like I don't, I don't have a good, I don't have a good gauge on that. You, you know, it's I don't know either. That's a good question. What I can say is, if you know, we're doing the '90s tournament right now. The '90s were like almost like a fertile playground if you were a new artist. The, uh, the radio airplay was going after all the new new music, like first time music. They that was a big year if you were, and it, that's when they started getting away from the established guard. They were just going new, going, everything just was, here's who's new, here's who's new. Um, so, I mean, we've seen, and then that did translate into some awards, uh, Grammy awards. Yeah. So I just think, cause my daughter and her friends will be playing this music, right? In the car, we were driving to wherever. And I'm like, where'd you hear the song? And it's always like, oh, I heard it on TikTok. Oh, it's big on TikTok. Or I'll play some song and they're like, oh, dad, that's huge on TikTok. So it's, <laughs> they, they, I, I just think TikTok, at least with the generation of people listening to music now, is going to become more and more of a, of a music platform, even though it's not really. Right, right. It's, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to have, yeah. Because, yeah, because you're going to be able to put your music on there. Um, mm. y- you know, I had a, it's interesting because I've been looking at TikTok as potential like what it means for the cigar industry. And I think the cigar yeah. industry is not going to be able to leverage it because there's mm. tobacco rules, right? But I had the wrong perception of TikTok. I thought it was for like bored moms who are home, right? Because yeah, nah. there's tons of these mom videos out there. My wife said, no, this actually, it actually didn't start like that. It started for like, I guess, people your daughter's age and, and you know, like teenagers and stuff like that. I said, I've not seen a lot of that, but I guess, you know, it caught on, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And and it's like it's sort of like like to use Olivia Rodrigo's example, just because her songs are big on TikTok. I mean, you can look at Renegade uh, by uh, I mean, you can Megan Thee Stallion was big on TikTok. Lizzo is huge on TikTok. Um, Is is that you get one person. One of their song and then that goes viral. So then other people do it. You have this like explosion of the song and it's all like user generated. So it's all this word of mouth sort of stuff. Well, who was it? Fleetwood Mac had a huge resurgence with, uh, um, on TikTok. There was a video that was done, um, with, uh, dreams. Someone did a TikTok video with dreams and I think just went viral and Fleetwood Mac sales and plays went like, or or plays on Spotify, whatever went through the roof after that thing hit. So, there is a, you know, there definitely is, it's affecting the audience and it's affecting music. How that's going to translate to critical acclaim um, is going to be interesting. Uh, because I think, I don't know. You yeah, know, it's you know, tough because, um, yeah, because a lot of these, oh, go ahead, Coop. I was just saying, like, 
TikTok is not a traditional music video. It's more of a content created mm. video, you know. So it's not uh it's kind of like agile, mm. you know. Mm. And 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 the thing about it too is like the people voting for these Grammys are a lot of them are based in traditional media still. Yeah. So you don't know how much they factor that stuff in. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if it the thing is with with the the popularity of TikTok plus the fact that you hear a song on TikTok, they're like, oh, that song's great. And you can go immediately to iTunes and just download that one song. Yeah. All within a span of like two minutes. I I wonder how impactful the Grammys will be on on sales. Um, but we'll uh, we'll wait and see. We, we will for sure. Um, and uh, I'm kind of like I said, I think it's going to be another just a part of the 2020s music scene that's going to mm. be very important. Like, I may mm. not embrace the platform or anything like that, but if there's new music out there, it's going to probably, uh, you know, get my attention. But that's the thing. It's a trickle down effect, isn't it, Coop? I mean, it's it's yeah. it's making buzz. Yeah. Right. Like it's sort of like when you used to hang out at the record store and you saw everybody walking out with the same record. You're like, what's that? Yeah. And I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing. I mean, it's just a digital means of that. It's yeah. like it's it's start, it's it's creating buzz around a track, which trickles down to then. Oh, what's that track? And then all and then there's articles written on it. And... <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, like I said, um, I'm not going to watch TikTok to see a mom dancing to something like uh, Earth, Wind and Fire song. But if there's some like short form video of new music, yeah, I'm going to check it out for sure. Yeah, I I think um, I think it'll be more and more important to the music industry as time goes on. Yeah. Um, or, or if not TikTok, that sort of platform, you know, if another platform takes it over or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think you're seeing it already. Instagram's got something similar. Mm. Uh, I, I I think re- Instagram Reels or is something very similar to that. I mean, all these companies are going to try and yeah. I mean, there's a couple of the influencers in the cigar industry who are using it. Uh, you know, Kevin from Cigars Prop, for example, is a guy. He's made very good leverage of it. But I think the problem is with the cigar with cigars. It's it's very much driven on TikTok's personality driven. Yeah. So even even if you're like not breaking the TikTok rules about promoting tobacco. Yeah, it's a it, it, you got to have a personality like cigar coop would not I would not be doing TikTok videos. It's not <laughs> my thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you can see like a Matt Booth or like, uh, um, or, or Rui, like, Fred, uh, yeah, Fred Rui, Fred I Rui. I mean, John Huber, because he does a lot of stuff on Instagram and stuff like you can see them doing it. I, I think Huber would use it different than, let's say, Fred Rui. So I guess yes, Fred, yes, Rui, yes. Fred Rui would, uh, would would um basically lip sync to something. I think John would use the short form thing to get a quick message in on something and like he's a very effe- effective of doing. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, you almost need like young yeah, sort of sales reps or something to like do stuff yeah. like not yeah. promote, not have yeah. the cigar, but promote the brand, like promote the swag or something. Yeah. Just yeah. to get buzz going. Exactly. I, I, you know, I think it's I think it's good. You know, and like I said, I've seen like uh, Kevin from Cigar Prop is very effective at doing that. Um, yeah. You know, so I think he does a good job with that because uh, he's got his he's got the studio and he could just do something. I think I saw something goofy with him wearing like leggings, but it was like yeah. in his studio or something like that. You know, so so it works for him. You know, he's got the personality to do that. Yeah, uh, do it. And, yeah, exactly. 
Why he'd wear um, leggings, I don't know, but that's another story. No. Well, we're going to move from the new to the old. Unfortunately, it was a lot of the old. This on this. It was a lot of the old. Yeah. I. Uh, so we're, we're we're talking Rolling Stone countdown. We're doing two fifty to two hundred one. We're we're passing the halfway mark. Yeah. Uh, there's some heavy hitters in this group, but the one thing that is like what you said, Coop. Gone are the current artists. So like every block thus far, we've had a couple, like a handful, of artists that have been within the last ten years. Um. So sort of like within you know. Even some, like a handful of artists within the last five years, like in each block so yeah. far. And this one, I look, Coop, I think the latest was like 2008. It was like yeah. the most current. Well, everything of mine, I believe, is 60s, 60s. I got 180s. Late, I got one late 80s. 60s, 70s, 80s, 60s. Yeah, I, I, I have one like from like 1989, and that's it. I mean, it was a very... I tried to spread it out the best I could. Um, I know you grabbed a couple that, but I knew you were going to grab like no, but there was a couple yeah. like I wasn't going to touch from you like the, no. like the two twenty eight. I wasn't going to touch. So no. uh, <laughs> I, I do you think this is going to be a trend moving forward? Do you think like since we're getting closer, they're spending more importance on historical impact, and we're going to see less and less newer artists? I'm wondering that. I'm wondering that myself but it seems like stuff that's appeared in the past everything's gone down a lot more things mm. have gone down than up uh right so i think it is i don't think we're going to see a lot from the 2010s yet on this list mm. um there, may, I, a, there was a couple weren't there but i think 2008's about right you know you want to give a good decade the, you know the song mm. should be out a good decade i kind of understand that too but it'll be an interesting theme to track if we're I still think the list just looking at it, I still think it's pretty eclectic. Like we got a lot of genres in here. Um, so I think it's still an eclectic block, but it is definitely looking at more like foundational music, I would say. Yeah, I, I agree. Ooh, so let's let's get into a coop and then we let's can have it. our uh, let's do it. Our final thoughts. I'm going to kick it off with, uh, I love this, uh, 249, Joan Jett, Bad Reputation. Um, I love this song. I love Joan Jett. Uh, I think this song may suffer from, and you've talked about this before, Coop. Uh, I think this song may suffer from being overplayed. Like, it's sort of in every commercial and every movie um, that I think it can get overplayed. Um, but it was an amazing track. Um, I mean, you have Joan Jett with the punk attitude, rocking the leather, which now seems common. You know, we just talked about Halsey and some other women that are doing some similar music. But at the time in 1980, you just didn't have that. You didn't have a lot of front-loaded women artists doing punk sort of rock. I mean, you had Patti Smith, Maybe Deborah Harry, sort of, but like it wasn't as common as it would be today. Um, this is after she did stuff with the Runaways, which I also like. Uh, and I saw this as I was reading in, in, in Rolling Stone Coop. This record got rejected 23 times and she put it out herself. I didn't know that. So she went to record companies and they said, bad reputation, no thanks. 
rejected 23 times, so she put it out herself, which is surprising. Yeah, um, it was. It was surprising. Um, I was surprised. I'm not. I think it's an important record and all that. I still was surprised it was this high. Oh, you I, think maybe I, the block I, before, maybe? I was thinking like that 300 to 350 block. Okay. I mean, it's in the upper half. Um, certainly, certainly uh, valid on that. Um, and it's going to beg the question, does Joan Dick get another song on here? Um, is the question. Oof. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I mean, does I love I, the Mary Tyler Moore song is not getting on here as much as I love it. No. Uh, but does I love rock and roll uh, get on here? Mm. And I'm thinking, no. I think this might I would be say it. no. Yeah. God, I love this song, though. Yeah, uh, I can see your point, though. Yeah. Um, great song, though. I listened to this song of yours, Coop, last night as I was, you know, hanging out. And God, this is a great song. Oh, your my first God. One. Yeah. Um, the faces, right? It's your it's your go. Yeah. Yes. The faces. Uh, I'm a big fan of the faces. I uh, This is the first track. It may be the only one that lands on here. Um, if you don't know who the faces were, they were like a super group before they were a super group. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it was Rod Stewart and Ron Wood and Ronnie Lane. Um, what, what, and Kenny, Kenny Jones was in there as well. And, you know, Kenny Jones went on to the who. Uh, mm-hmm. I, can't, I think he was already playing with the who at that point. Ron Wood went on to the uh, Rolling Stones. And, and of, of course, um, uh, Rod Stewart had an incredible solo career. But the interesting thing, Rod Stewart normally did the vocals for um, Four Faces. But this one was done by Ron Wood, uh, mm-hmm. who actually, I think, does a great. And they were, they were trying to do this, like Ronnie Lane. Uh, and Rod Stewart uh, were trying to do uh, Rod Stewart normally did the vocals and then Ronnie Lane was second and they were recording it, but they neither was satisfied with the attempt. Uh, mm. Their producer said, hey, give Ron Wood a shot. And that's the one they went with. But ultimately, Stewart and Lane did go record their own versions of this song later on. Um, I, like I said, I think it's, the faces are a amazing band for what they did. Uh, you know, mm. said they were a pre-super group, if you want to call that. Mm. Ranked about right. I think this song's right. Ranked about right. Uh, yep. So um, I'm. I think this will be the only faces song that gets on here. Uh, I agree. The the only one I'm wondering is who gets on. I, the only other song I had was um, uh, uh Bad and Rune, but mm. I don't think it gets on. So I think this is this is going to be it for the faces here. Yeah, I don't think it for Rod Stewart, but I think it I don't for think, the yeah I for the I faces definitely not for Rod Stewart. I I love this track. Uh, I've listened to. I think people probably know the Rod Stewart sort of version more, but the, yeah, it the was vocal, in commercials. It was in commercials. Yeah. That's why people know that. But the vocal coupe, uh by Wood. What I love about it, it gives it this sort of like, I don't know. When I was listening to it, it gave us sort of like this kind of like more of a like country sort of like, I guess, bluesy, more sort of uh, raw kind of feel. Like, yeah. I don't know. I like that vocal more than the Rod Stewart vocal. Oh, I think the faces one. They, they, they made the right call going with Ron Wood here and just kind of that beat. That's kind of what the faces sound was. Mm. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think they got it right. Not that, like I said, Rod Stewart, admirable version, certainly, uh, but, uh, like I said, the original, the original from the faces is the one I, I would mm. go with time and time again. Mm. No, great pick. Great track. Great song. Um, glad you liked that one. Cause so that was, oh. uh, I was glad in fact, they got it about right here. I'm not, uh, mm. now one, one song that's way too low, I think should be higher and shows that even though. There's not a lot of newer artists. This is still a very eclectic list because we've gone from, gone from Joan Jett to The Faces and now to NWA, <laughs> straight out of Compton. Yeah. At number two, 248. <clears throat> Which I was surprised at. I think this should be a lot higher. I, I think this record alone changed music forever. Like really ushered in like your Snoop Dogg's Dre, like that sort of thing. You could argue that... Um, Public Enemy sort of takes it one step further. I mean, they're around at the same time. I think Public Enemy kind of goes more into the like uh, social activist side of things. And NWA is more the like sort of punk side. Like, I think uh, I had this chat with um, oh, when John Huber was on the show years and years and years ago when it was still Jukebox. He was doing a guest DJ. And uh, we started talking about how a lot of this music was sort of like has a lot of parallels with punk music. Mm-hmm. Like it's trying to give voice to those who don't have a voice in the mainstream. It's laying out um, the problems that I mean, NWA, it's it's sort of like documenting the problems that are facing uh, black people, especially young black men in the city that weren't getting a lot of play on the news that they wanted their stories to be heard. And they're expressing that frustration and anger about it, about what was happening, like police brutality, stuff like that, gangs, violence. Um, and it has that sort of real punk vibe to it. Uh, and I, I have I have in my notes, this is like when rap went from the clubs to the street, like this was a very sort of like street level, punk level, raw. Um, like you had these guys sit, rapping over like quite, you know, simplistic beats, really. Uh, and just expressing that that anger and giving voice to, you know, what was happening to like millions of people that wasn't really being heard. Uh, and that will carry on throughout. And then that sort of gets, I mean, eventually this, this style of rap sort of, I, I think, degrades into like misogynist stuff. And yeah, I but agree. this is like, this is like, you know, the core ground zero Stuff needs to change. People need to hear what's going on. There's a lot of urgency, I think, to this as well. Um, yeah, especially when this list was put together during the time it was. Uh, it's like 89 or something, wasn't it? Yeah, but the song's like 88, 89. But, I mean, the list was put together in a year when, you know, mm. obviously this was a big issue. Um, so I don't know, you know, I, it doesn't look like the, it's Rolling Stone was swayed too much by it. They put it where they thought mm. musically it ranked. Here, I don't think yeah. they let any of the po- po- sociopolitical stuff affect us here. I just think it should be higher because I know I, I, well, I don't know, but I'm assuming other sort of rap songs within the genre are going to be ranked higher, but they really wouldn't be around without this rap. Like this record really. It's, it's foundational bro- rap. Broke the mold. Yeah. 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 It's foundational. Yeah. I agree. So now, of course, we go from NWA to, to the Beatles. Yeah, right. Now, <laughs> uh, now, so far, the Beatles have been um, 
Let's put haven't been. There's been help and Penny Lane. And haven't been it. setting the world on fire. Right. Yeah. So this is the third song by it. Um, Eleanor Rigby. Um, mm. This is what I call one of those Beatles character songs. It has the yeah, character yeah, 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 yeah. of Eleanor Rigby. Father McKenzie, which is supposedly was supposed to be Father McCartney, was 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 the thing. Yeah. Um, it was an important album because this was an album that was we saw the Beatles really going this transformation from a pop band to like going mm. into some of this experimental stuff. And in this case, it's the string arrangements here uh, with George Martin. Um, the lyrics are deeper. It's about loneliness. Uh, it, it this was a groundbreaking, changing uh, song. Uh, by the Beatles, and uh, it fell a lot from nineteen. I mean, this fell from two. This was at two forty three. Mm. Uh, this fell from one thirty seven when they did the two thousand four list. Um, I don't understand how this song falls because again, I I think it was it was that song. It was a very much a pivotal song for the direction the Beatles were going to go in, and the rest of the rock industry kind of followed that path with this. Um. This was I, I think this is a brilliant song. Mm. It's maybe not the it's funny. I don't hear this song show up as as one of the mm. Beatles top ten songs. Um mm. but we are we are two forty three into this. Listen, there's only three Beatles songs. Um yeah. which is which yeah. is which, so there's gotta be there's got I, there's gotta be a lot top more heavy. I, yeah. This is top heavy, yeah. Um I, I know I saw I know I saw one very high and I don't actually remember what the song was. When we yeah, I don't remember either. But yeah, uh, I, I remember the song. I found infuriating that it was that song they put so high. So I remember I will I will rant about it. I know that. But I mean, Penny Lane uh, and Help are decent songs. This is this is part. I mean, this is me. This is this is one of my favorite Beatles songs because it has all the elements that I like of a Beatles song. You know, what's interesting, Coop, and we yeah. talked about it. Yeah, is that this block does not have a lot of current artists on it, right? So that means that if that trend continues, that means that song is dropping for other songs that, that were that eligible it. at the time, right? Of but the original there, list. Well, were there a hundred songs since then that came out that were better than this? That's interesting. Yeah, but it, mean, what's interesting is like, is it being replaced by songs that were already on the list that moved up for some reason? Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we don't. It's a different generation voting on this because compared to 2004. I mean, that yes. was 18, 17 years ago when it happened. So, you know, I can see some of that is 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 accounting for this. And musical things change musically with that. You know, it's just interesting to see how different bands and songs are seen differently. You know. Yeah, I agree. Because it's got to be dropping, not because there's been a hundred songs that had, were never like released since the list that. It has to be songs that were on the previous list that have moved up and taken its place. Yep. I so agree. It's interesting. It'd be interesting to see what those are. Um, Joni Mitchell. I love yeah. Joni Mitchell. This is probably off of her best record. Uh, the song River at 247. Um, it's one of her best tracks. I think Case of You is better. Uh, but it's a very good track. Um, it's the first sure time on, we're seeing her on the list, I think, too. Yeah, I think she'll be. I think she'll have a couple more because you got to have a case of you on it, and you got to have Big Yellow Taxi somewhere. I would yeah, think. Yeah. Um, but this is a tremendous song. I think it's one of Rebecca's tracks. I think it's great writing. Um, I love the little the little jingle bells in it as well. 
it's just an excellent, an excellent song. Very great storytelling. Now, Joni Mitchell still has her music not on Spotify uh, from, you know, the fallout with Neil Young and all that stuff. Uh, so the version I'm going to have on the song list is her, but it's on another album. It's like her and the Canadian mm-hmm. orchestra. So it's a version on another record, which is why it's still on there. But uh, so I won't have the, the studio version. It'll be a different version on the song list. Yeah. A good record. It'll be interesting to see how high Joni ranks, uh, especially with the rise of women artists, which she definitely would be a inspiration. To, uh, see if that uh, bumps her up a bit more, like where where that goes. So I didn't look at where this was previously. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Joni gets gets some songs. Right. In, in sort of response to, to women in music. Agree. Agree. Uh, you know, it's kind of curious to see how, like I said, this 2021 is when the vote happened, how they oh, yeah. look at Joni Mitchell now. Mm. Yeah. You think it'd be different? Because if you look at women artists since then, it's just been an explosion of music, really. Right. And you, so you kind of go back, and I bet if you trace back from like the Olivia Rodrigo likes Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift likes yep. someone else, I bet you there's something that says they like Joni Mitchell, and I think there's roots. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Your next one, Coop. Yeah, this is uh going all the way up to 227 here, uh, and this is uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival's Fortunate Son. Um, this was one of those double singles that came out, um, mm. which were very popular, I guess, in the 60s. So this was the B-side to Down on the Corner, right? Mm. Um, and it's interesting. I think this ultimately became the more popular of the songs. Yeah. Um, and it became really an anthem for the anti-war movement. I mean, as this song went. Yes. Right? Um, and it, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a really good song. Uh, I kind of feel the whole Vietnam vibe with this song, with helicopters and stuff. It's hard to explain, but I, I, I really, I feel it with this song um, mm. a lot. Um, even though, like I said, I wasn't alive for the Vietnam, I was alive for the Vietnam War, but you know, not remembering coverage. But it's just the image. I can see images of this in there. Um, I think they ranked this right, but you know, one time this was a top 100 song. So you know, you go back mm. again. How people looked at different eras with this. Um, you know, this felt, I mean, it's, 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 and I think it's an important song that, um, certainly, uh, you know, for the music history right now. The question is, um, will, will CCR have any more music on here is the question. Uh, I think so. I mean, maybe one. I, I love this song. It's a great song. Uh, Trippy Trent will appreciate this, but, uh, the Circle Jerks did a cover of this, uh, punk cover of this on a, I, on I've a seven-inch red red vinyl that I that I uh, used to own. Yeah, uh, um, that was a B-side for them. But it, it I, I love. I mean, because it's got, like you said, anti-war. It's got sort of anti-capitalist in there because it's all about like privilege and you know. I I love that song. I love. It's a great song. Um, man, CCR is just such a big band. You'd think they'd have one more. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know what it would be, but you uh, think they'd have something else. Is it down on the corner? Is it maybe their cover of Proud Mary? Um, oh, um, 
you know, uh, you know, John Fogarty went on to have an incredible career outside of CCR um, mm, as well. And I'm curious mm. to see if any John Fogarty uh, solo stuff made it uh, makes it onto this list. Man, I I don't know. You think you would? Anyway, I'll be interested to see what it is. I think they at least get one more on. Yeah. Sure. But, but you know, like I said, I think this is about right where it should be. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. I mean, like I said, but it was, it did drop. I just, it is worth noting that in the past, this was a top 100 song. Yeah. I mean, and we're moving to the top half. So we're, we're, it's going to be harder and harder to like argue places, I think, who, because, you know, we're getting close to that top 100. Yeah. Um, now, Hank Williams, I have. Yes. You're cheating hard at 237. A good pick. Now, this the list in general isn't that country heavy. I mean, there's a couple country artists that we have. Uh, but I would say, Coop, maybe in a block of 50, there's maybe a handful of country songs. Maybe you'll get like four, something like that. So it's not a country heavy list. So I can kind of see why it's placed where it is. Uh, but Hank Williams, I mean, this song is sort of a cornerstone of country music. It's sort of my favorite country in that it has notes of like blues in it. It's got like a bluesy tone to it. It's just, a, I mean, it's your classic sort of. It laid the, laid the foundation for sort of your classic country structure. Um, excellent song. Do you, you hear this song, and he, he died a week after it was released, and he was 29. Yeah, he sounds Hank, like he's 85. I know. <laughs> yeah. I was shocked yep. to find that out. He was 29 years old. He was very young when he died, yeah. Yeah, I, I never, I always thought of Hank Williams as older for whatever reason. But yeah, 29. And uh, yeah, great song. We might, I mean, I don't know. There's so little country. I don't know. There's other Hank Williams songs I like better. We might know. see one more. I'd maybe? be surprised if there's one more. It will be soon. Though. I don't think we'll see Hank in the top 100. No. No, no. But uh, but it's a it's a great song. And like I said, a lot of the country music on here sort of stems from that. I mean, even Dolly Parton, right? Because she's sort of taking these these tropes and sort of turning them on their head. Yeah. Um, so so she sort of does your cheating heart, but from the other way around. Um, so even even then, it's still sort of in response to Hank Williams. So he's very influential, I think. Yep, I agree. I mean, very foundational. In a lot now, of respects. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe see another one. Maybe not. I, I don't know. Um. Now, your next song, Coop, this block has some of the most iconic guitar riffs in it as well. Yeah. Lots of great guitar riffs in this block. And this track is no different than the one you chose. Yeah, this one, I think, is known for its guitar riff, right? It, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's epic. This is uh, Layla by Derek and the Dominoes at 224. Now, the first question is, what the hell happened? Because in 2004, <laughs> this was number 27. Jeez. Right? So you're talking about you know, Derek and the Dominoes, it really wasn't a super group. I want to say it was a project by Eric Clapton. It's a better way to put it. Um, but it was Eric Clapton's project. And, um, you know, this song, it's got the, the guitar riffs on this song are legendary. 
great guitar riff. Um, yeah, I think this will, yeah, this will be the only Derek and the Dominoes song we'll see on. Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of interesting story about this. It's, it's um, you know, this it basically was inspired by a seventh century uh story called the story of Leila and um, Manjan um, by a 12th Jeez. century Persian poet, right? I guess the story inspired the love story, but there's also a modern twist to this is saying uh, this was inspired by Clapton's love for Patty Boyd, who was mm. the wife of George Harrison. And that's uh, a problem. And he eventually married her. Mm. Um, I, I, I sit down like, how did this, this was too low to begin with, right? Uh, you want to say 227 is too high? All right, but it, this I don't see how this song is has slipped it, it in, you know, this is just a just if you're you're doing you know this is like one of Eric Clapton's signature guitar songs you're talking about. It's yes. only about Eric Clapton here. I think the view of Clapton has gone down. I think I so think. too. I think so too. I I I'm gonna agree with you on that. But like famously, George Harrison and Clapton. So George Harrison, when the Beatles were like hating each other, brought and, they, and they, his song, My Guitar Gently Weeps, they were doing it and they just weren't putting in enough energy to to uh, Harrison's liking. So he wanted to show everybody up. So he brought Clapton in the studio to do the guitar on My Guitar Gently Weeps yep. to like make everyone else look bad Yeah, yep. <laughs> and embarrass them. And it yep. did. Yeah. I mean, Eric's Eric's getting up in age, by the way. He's 77. Uh, yeah, he's not young anymore. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's I, I always thought it was very interesting. Uh, you know, like I said, he's he's had a lot of these like projects he's been involved with, you know, M groups, you know, he's Yard oh, yeah, cream, blind face. Yard but this one cream, was yeah. this one was really his own. I don't know why they only did one album together. Or anything mm. like that. I think I think one wasn't there. Wasn't there talk of did Dwayne Allman join Derek and the Dominoes or he was gonna? Was that I think it was gonna? I don't know if he did. Yeah. It, um, I think he did. I, I think he did. I think he was on there. Okay. I'm just double checking that. It, I don't know if he was on every track. Um yeah, he was. He wasn't on, on there. I should know that. I should have known that one. Yeah. I mean, Dave Mason was in uh, Derek and the Dominoes too, so it all was right. Hard, but I don't think this was a super group at the time, is what I'm kind of getting at. No. Yeah, that's why I'm like. I mean, have we seen Cream on yet before? Before? Uh, I don't think so. I'm gonna double because we're go- we're gonna. I'm just thinking of Clapton, right? I've been because we're gonna to- have to have a Cream song soon. Yeah, surely. I don't think he. I don't think Cream has been on here. Because I've been keeping, I actually been cutting and pasting the list on now, so maybe we'll so we gotta it. we gotta have a cream song soon. I feel free. Uh, yeah. Do you think we'll get much Clapton solo stuff? Like maybe. Just the just I mean, since the list came out last time, I just think the view of Clapton has really is really Tan- tanked. I mean, he changed the world was obviously the big mm. kind of later in his career. I, I, I don't think Change the World's on this list. I'd be, I mean, it's a nice song. I can't see it as a top 500, even though, like I said, uh, I'm just trying. That's a really good one. Um, I'm gonna I mean, say, I don't I, know. I'm going to say no. I think a lot of Clapton solo stuff did well at the time, but didn't age well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It didn't age well. And I think we're in a period right now where, you know, unfortunately, the 
the great guitarists are just, you know, it's not, we're not in the guitar age right now. No. And uh, I mean, if you're going to go with great guitarists, you're going to go to like Hendrix and stuff, I think, over him. Now. I agree. I agree anyway. But I think he's top 10. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's good. Don't if, get you're, me wrong. if you're looking to do a jam, I mean, you'd pick Eric Clapton uh, for sure. You know, obviously, Eddie, just, yeah. Eddie's gone, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I don't think he was Eddie either. No. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, especially since this song fell from 27. It'll be interesting yeah. to see what other Clapton is on here. You know, and not only that, this Layla became like a kid's name after that. Like, parents started funny. naming their daughters Layla uh, and stuff like that. Uh, my daughter's great Kayla. riff. My, my daughter's the riff Kayla. at the beginning of the song is so good. My daughter's Kayla. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but Layla was kind of played into that a bit is what I'm just saying. So nice. You know, it was like, I don't think my wife wanted Layla, but Kayla, she was OK with So, Well, it'd be interesting to track that. I mean, speaking of groups that we're only going to have one song on. I mean, my next one had two songs in this block and I think it's done. And that's New Order. Yeah, you know, and this is the first time I don't, there wasn't a lot of artists who had who had a song and two songs in a block of fifty. No, and they're yeah. quite close together, if yeah. I remember. They're yeah. maybe only separated by like ten or yeah. fifteen. And I love this song, by the way. Oh, it's Blue Monday. Came at two thirty-five. The other song they had on here was was a uh, bizarre love triangle. Um, I love this song. I love Blue Monday. I uh, it, this is like after Ian. Curtis's death with Joy Division. This is sort of like the rest of Joy Division, and they brought in, I think, another member to sort of fill it out. Um, this is sort of Blue Monday, because sort of their first record was some Joy Division stuff. They didn't get a chance to record, and sort of the transitional album. This is more like this is what New Order is going to be, which is sort of where Joy Division was headed. Because um, Joy Division started using more and more sort of synth at, later in in their career, and I want to see some some uh, more Joy Division on this list because I love Joy Division. But I think I think Joy Division would have ultimately headed this way, maybe not as e- extreme into that sort of new age synth band as New Order became, but they were sort of headed that way. Um, the groove and the bassline are just perfect. Aren't they? Yeah, and it was like this was alternative music on the dance floor. Is really what yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know you mentioned the, and you mentioned a couple of things I didn't realize about this. I'll let you talk about that, but there was a couple of things I didn't know about, like uh, where the notes came from here. Yeah, so they, um, I was reading about the song, and it's sort of this, a lot of the notes of Donna Summer, and they yeah. just kind of upped it with some synth to make it a bit more new age, a bit more poppy. But there's a definite disco feel to this track, Coop. Like, you definitely get that get that disco feel to it that they kind of put more of a new age sort of twist on it. But if you listen to, like, the core groove, uh, it's got a definite uh, disco vibe to it. I, I agree. I totally agree with that. Uh, yeah. And, and they I credit, think- like, Donna Summer's work as, like, an inspiration for some of that, I mean- some of that stuff. Yeah, where is Donna Summer so far on this list? I mean, Donna Summer should have a couple of songs on this list already. Do you think disco is just going to get short shrift, just generally speaking? I, I think so. And, you know, it's a shame because I think Donna Summer had such a big influence on the disco movement. And, oh, yeah. Oh, and, and the post-disco movement. 
Um, I, I, there's songs of hers from the, I mean, I guess the one I'm thinking is going to land on here is Last Dance. Um, yes. I mean, how's Last Dance not on this? But I don't, I didn't see it as, I didn't see Last Dance as so his top 200. There's been a few, I dis- mean, seen a few disco songs have been on here, but, but not as, there's been no disco at all uh, for a while. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I the only thing you can hope is that they're going to have some heavy hitting disco songs, but really high up in the, in the list. Yeah. Like maybe there's not a lot of disco throughout the list, but maybe there's going to be a handful of tracks that are going to rank really high. Like that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. Um, Agree. Cause yeah, like, yeah, that's been very sort of, I guess if you were to look at like the three genres that really have gotten short, you know, short, shrift i guess is country jazz and disco yes i've really gotten uh, i would agree with you on those three have definitely and heavy metal maybe yeah heavy metal's definitely not gotten uh the do but but i would say disco for sure yeah like has has not yeah. been yeah there was um i thought i picked was it sylvester had one yeah, yes. you make me feel mighty real was, but that was three ninety nine. We were looking at. Yeah, I mean we haven't seen any in a while. Yeah, I'm just looking. Um, yeah, it was not a lot of disco. Um, how how upset will you be, Coop, if like the extent of disco on this list is just a couple really high rated songs from like the Bee Gees or something? I will be because I think there's other disco artists that, like I said, Donna Summer certainly uh, has gotten in there as well. Um, I mean, I think the Bee Gees. Uh, and, and so far, I don't think we've seen the Bee Gees, any of the disco songs in there. No, um, they certainly. But, but I want to see a little more diversity with that uh, mm. for sure. Um, you know, uh, you know, I want to see is the hustle. I know you're not a fan of the hustle. Does Van McCoy make this? That was an, the hustle was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, the hustle was huge. Like where I you know, uh, But do they consider disco too regional and too urban it is a lot of it. Um, but like I said, mm. disco did a lot for female artists and the LGBT mm-hmm. community. Um, disco was very embracing for those communities. And, and uh, I hope a lot of artists in those categories just pay the homage that, that the, those earlier artists paved the way for uh, with that. No, you've totally, totally turned me around on disco with that, um, that argument around yeah. being a good music was, genre and space yeah, for marginalized was, people. I totally yeah, I'm it, bored it, that. it's something that this doesn't get the credit for that, unfortunately. No, it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. You know, I said I, I remember burning albums at Comiskey Park, which that's uh, it's, <laughs> that's what's all, so unfortunate about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's an artist that I, I it's almost and I'd like to see what you think, Coop. But it's almost like the, the, the opposite of Eric Clapton, where I think this artist recently has like gained um critical acclaim i think Wait, um, yeah, yeah it is um and he got it later in his career i think after he already had a lot of a success he yeah just, um but uh we're, we're going at 219 it's tom petty's free falling oh um, great track um uh, it's a great track now i think it was a little higher than i would put it but i'm okay i'm not this is not a bad placement either um you know this was Full Moon, this was from the Full Moon Fever album, uh, which came out of the Wilbury sessions. Mm. And a lot of people can say, you know, the Wilburys did volume one and volume three. Yep. A lot of people consider this unofficially volume two. Volume two. Okay. Collaboration. In particular, Jeff Lim was involved with this. Um, okay. And he does, uh, 
you know, he's on here. Jeff Lynn does the background vocals. Uh, if you're a fan of Los Angeles, like myself, this song's got mm-hmm. uh, tons of references to Los Angeles. Mulholland uh, Drive, mm-hmm. uh, Ventura Boulevard. Uh, they mentioned the Valley, the Minute Reseda. I mean, just a lot of stuff in there. Uh, and I'm like, I, I love the city of LA, by the way, with all its problems. Uh, I just always, <laughs> I have a lot of culture. Hey, Pete Johnson and Andre and Matt yeah. are LA guys, right? They're great guys. Yeah. So, um, will this be the highest ranked Tom Petty song? Is my question on here. Um, this is a very interest. This is very interesting here. Um, Last dance with Mary Jane. I don't know what else would be higher. Uh, I mean, I don't think a Wilbury song, maybe. Uh, don't do me like that. Uh, uh, refugee. Yes. Where, oh. the Wil- now the Wilburys should have at least one song on this list. Um, refugee's good. That's refugee's good. good. Uh, don't come around here no more. I don't think makes the list, but uh, that's no. my favorite one. Uh, just those those creepy guitar notes that are in there. Mm. It, it, it's kind of a whole, but th- but this is free falling as much as to my wife. She, my wife hated this song when when I was really? playing it. We, I don't know why he doesn't like Tom Petty. Uh, um. But, you know, Tom Petty, again, later in his career, he became that elder statesman guitarist that everyone yeah. that everyone was really talking. And it's a shame that we lost Tom Petty. Um, yes. You know, um, I'm, I'm a fan. But 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 this is a good question. I don't know if Tom, if Tom Petty or Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers get another song on here is what I'm wondering. I think Tom Petty. At the time was maybe saddled with like, oh, he's just sort of more of that kind of pop churn out sort of there's not a lot there it's sort of just this kind of poppy you know free fall is just something for the masses like it's not really oh. and, I, and i think i won't back unlike down Clap- was a, is, is, is yeah. a great song though yeah but i think unlike clapton who his music hasn't aged well i think tom petty as a singer and a songwriter has definitely people have had a more of appreciation of his stuff now i, I agree than and, you know before before yeah I, for example don't come around here no more was pretty popular with my senior in high school it didn't get a lot of radio airplay but i'm surprised how many people really love like that song and that album uh southern accents is considered one mm-hmm. of their best albums uh this album full moon fever was a monster hit for Tom. Yeah, yeah 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 uh you know uh oh yeah Running Down to Dreams, another song. Uh, oh, that the, song, man. The, the I love that connection song. in that one. Yeah, I mean, um, so and Tom Petty was on that epic performance, right? Of While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Yes. Which, you know, yes. So, I mean, he was on there and that's when, uh, you know, Prince had to show up all those guys that <laughs> you're like, yeah, Prince wanted the show. He belonged there. Um, uh, I think. I think running down a dream might be higher. Just it's having a, good, a it, because of the Del Shannon connection, but I won't back down is essentially a Wilbury's track. Yes. So, learning to fly, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I just I think Tom Petty gets another song, and I don't know what it's going to be, but yeah. I think people have had. I mean, unfortunately, it's like since his death, have had far more of an appreciation for his music. Yeah. Than when it came out. Yeah. But, you know, the, the why I wonder about I Won't Back Down is because Harrison was on there. Harrison yes. played on that track, too. Um, as well as Mike Campbell, who is really the heartbreaker that everyone yeah. knows besides Tom Petty. He was on that yeah. one as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, 
I have a question for you. I think there will be, but by the next band, I picked the Supremes. Good pick. I, I will never argue with Supremes, huh? You keep me hanging on. I, number 234. For me, I love the Supremes because I think they have that classic Motown sound that I really like. I know there's other Motown bands, but for me, the Supremes just sort of really have the essence of the sound. I think this track is very underrated, Coop, because if I said, think of a Supremes track, I mean, this track might come in, you might say it fifth, maybe. Like, you you know, it might not come to mind, but I love the chorus and the bridge to this song. It has such a drive oh, and urgency to it. I love it. Yeah. This is the third track by the Supreme. So they had Baby Love at 499 and they had Stop in the Name of Love at 254. So this this one is You Keep Me Hanging On, which uh, I agree. This is just uh, a great song. The uh, chorus is so good. Yeah. Like just that lead up and that build to it. Oh, you know, this song was covered in the 80s by an artist named Kim Wilde, mm-hmm. who kind of did a whole different take on this song. Okay. Uh, it was more of a dance club theme. This song's more of a compassion, a little more compassionate. Kim Wilde makes an angry theme from it, which is kind of mm. really interesting. And it was a monster hit in the dance clubs, actually, why I mentioned it. Um, but I do like this original one. Uh, God, I and I song. also and I also think this song really showcased uh, Florence and Mary uh, very well mm. in, in this song as well with their vocals. I think I think my favorite Supreme song is uh, Reflections. I got to think Reflections is on this list. But this is a great song. Yeah. I love this song. Yeah, but yeah I, I think I, Reflections is my favorite. But I think Reflections has got I mean, we could be looking at the Supremes having four or five songs when this is all said and done. Uh, when- so do you think we get another we don't you think we get another Diana song high or I, is it just Supremes? I'm wondering if Diana's in trouble right now. Um the it would have to be um i mean it may be uh no does uh it's a good question i i uh i mean i I could see i don't think early diana no i'm just gonna have a look at her songs here because i think she gets i think if anything she might get one does uh does endless love maybe I'm get on coming there? out? I'm coming out upside down. I'm coming out. Those would be big ones. Um, I'm leaving one other one out. That's I think it's it. going to be, I'm coming out. I don't see the other ones. I think it's going to be either I'm coming out or upside down. Yeah. I think those would be the ones, but I could see maybe her getting on with endless love with Lionel Richie. Uh, mm. That would be, I'm just kind of looking at my Diana. Uh, 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 I don't think Love Hangover is going to get on. I don't think. No. Uh, I don't think. Do you know where you're going to? Touch me in the morning is going to maybe. Be a, maybe. So that'll be there. But I would say I'm coming out uh, again. There's a big. Uh, you know, I think that had a lot of influence on. You know, you look at the whole LGBT community thing. It's become like mm. an anthem for them. Mm. Um. I don't think Missing You, which is a, the tribute to Marvin Gaye, that may be the other one. No. Maybe, but it's but it's a tough one, yeah. Uh, wow, it's gonna be interesting to see. So I think Diana, we're looking at, and I don't know, is Diana made the list yet? Let me look at this and see. And she may have one, maybe. Um, no, she. Oh, coming out made the list already. We we, we missed we missed that one. I'm coming. Oh out no, 
Why is it so low? It was at 385. Yeah. How do we miss that one? Jesus. Well, then I say that would be nothing. I don't think. Yeah. It's going to be all Supremes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a, but I still think there could be, yeah, it's going to be tough now. I think it's going to be, I think, like I said, I think we'll go back to the Supremes. I I would say reflection. You know, when we recap, when we're done, we're going to have to look at, we're going to have to slice and dice some of the data here and really look at who did well and who didn't. Uh, speaking of someone we may not hear from again on the list, your next band. Yeah. Um, this is interesting. Uh, Steel, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I thought about this one, right? Okay. Uh, okay. Steely Dan, this is their first appearance on here with Deacon Blues at 214. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, this is from the Asia album, which is many people consider their best work. Yes. Um, I don't know. I think Asia is good. I like I like all their work here. Uh, I love this song. It's 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 it basically it's an autobiographical song, and, it, and it's described as an escape into a bohemian existence that's also a fantasy of hipster oblivion. That's Donald Fagan there, right? <laughs> uh, you know, as far as you know, that's Donald Fagan, and uh, this is you know. But I think you know on Asia, I know this is a very good song, and it's popular because it's got that uh, you know. You know, learn to work. It's got some very catchy mm. uh, lyrics on there, mm. but mm. um, I still think Peg is the better single. Uh, okay, from that, from that album. Uh, and I still think "Do It Again" is their best track. Like "Do It Again" is amazing, mm. right? And that's an early that's an early track they did, right? Um, so yeah, that real, might that might make it. Still, you're right. It, that might make it. So I'm looking maybe at Peg. Reeling in the years of do it again, but I don't think it will be more than one more on the list here. Good, good track, a little higher than maybe I would have put it. Um, but to me, do it again is 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 amazing. It's just an amazing. It was so far ahead of its time that track. So, uh, but this is like I said, it's from their signature album, and it was one of the two big songs on here. So, um, but I'm I'm a bigger Peg fan than than this one. Yeah, I I uh, I see that. Yes. Steely Dan won a round in the Battle of the Bands a couple of years ago for me. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Donald Fagan had an amazing solo career, even though he didn't have a lot of commercial success with it. Uh, Nightfly is an amazing album. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so I'll I'll, I'll get on board with that. Maybe one more Steely Dan track. Maybe I'll one get on, more, but I don't I'll get see... on board with you there. But but it wouldn't surprise me if this is it, because it's again it's from the Asia that- album. No, yes, but you make a good argument about about. I could see one more. Yeah. Um, I can't see one more for my next artist. I think this is it, uh, and that's Woody Guthrie. With this land is your land, two twenty nine. Hector would love this because, of course, I pick like the you know, the lefty commie song, <laughs> which he would he would enjoy. You know, it's like the yeah. This is a uh, you know <laughs> this is Pete Seeger personified a lot for me. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. This song is fascinating fascinating so Woody Guthrie in general is every lefty's patron saint is Woody Guthrie um him and, him, uh, and, him and Pete Seeger I would consider the two, yeah, I would put both those guys on there yeah but yeah I agree with you on this one which is probably why I love Woody Guthrie but uh he took folk I, I like I say took folk back to the people like he's very sort of traditional folk the interesting thing about this song is probably nobody listening to this show knows the history of this song because they're used to singing it in their kindergarten class, right? 
Christmas concert, you all sing this song in kindergarten or grade one, yeah. you know. Uh, but at the time, the song was very subversive and like people did not want to play the song. Um, it, it, it is originally a, a radical song about anti-capitalism and it was banned uh, because it's sort of taking the American idea at the time. It's a twist on um, uh, it's a twist on like America, the beautiful sort of thing. And it's like this land is your land. Like the people own the land, not the government is sort of the message. Like the, the people are the power and not the government is the power. We're at the time of this song that was not a uh, looked upon view because it was seen as socialist. Um, it was he's anti-capitalist. It was originally banned. Uh, and then him and Pete, like they, they what he would do is they would sing it for like classroom, like kids in that and like, you know, schools. And then what happened is it became, you know, it's turned to the song we know today which gets sung at like, you know, kindergartens and day camps across the world. So this is very interesting um, history to the song. Woody Guthrie is, is extraordinarily influential, especially in modern folk. Like you look at people like Cooper, like, like John Prine, you know, yeah. like he took a lot from Woody Guthrie, Bob Dylan, yep. you know, a lot of sort of your. Even Springsteen 60s, did with some. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of your 60s and 70s sort of folk or American Americana type music. Um, Patty Griffin took a lot like Woody Guthrie and, and like Mermaid Avenue, that record by Wilco was what did a lot of Woody Guthrie songs with Billy Bragg. Billy Bragg took a lot out of Woody Guthrie. So Woody Guthrie is an extremely important historical figure. I don't see any other song of his making it other than this. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, and I'm fine where it is. It's a very important song um, with a very interesting history. And, uh, and yeah, and I don't think, I don't think we're going to see any more Woody Guthrie. Yeah. I'm glad it's on there. Yeah. I mean, this is probably one of the oldest songs on the list. Um, yeah. This, this and uh, Hank Williams, maybe. Yeah. This is 1944. It was recorded. Mm. In. So, you know, it was interesting. Then Joe McCartney comes along, right? So this yeah. is, that's when a lot of this, this song, but then it, in the 60s, it had a bit of a revival, right? So, yes. you know, Peter, Paul, and Mary are recording this. Um, I believe uh, I'm trying to think who else recorded it, but I know Peter, Paul, and Mary. Uh, the it's like a folk performed. staple now. Yeah, it became a folk staple. And then I think, again, fast forward to 2000s and then Pete Seeger and mm. Springsteen go and do this song. Like, um, so, um, you know, it is an important song in music history. Um separate the politics out if you may on this um you can't argue the influence of, of this one as well oh yeah huge song yep oh i love your next well, one and well, i am equally shocked as you well we finally have a rolling stone song on the list finally right there has not been a rolling stone song on the list and i validated that uh because i said i'm keeping now a, a tab of this whole thing uh, it's 213. It's painted black. Are you kidding me? Why is that? <laughs> this is on. This is just an amazing, amazing track. And every time I listen to this track, the, I know Mick Jagger's vocals are, are stellar, but it's Charlie Watts on the drums here oh, at his best. Yes. I mean, it, yes. It, it, 
whether it's the studio recording or the live recording, um, this song, it's a dark song. It's a fast-paced oh. dark song. Like, you don't get a fast-paced dark song that well. This is a masterpiece. This should be in the top oh. 50. This I agree. Be, this is one of my favorite Rolling Stones tracks. Um, and, uh, you know, this is like for people who say Charlie Watts is not the greatest drummer in the world. Watch, watch him perform this live, but just listen to him even on the recording of this thing. He just completely is the star of this track. And uh, uh, now, again, are we going to, you know, they rank this one. Okay. Um, it's low to begin with. If, if this yes. is the first, I mean, I don't know. We'll see what how the Rolling Stones are going to do going forward right now. I'm a, I, I'm assuming we won't. This won't be the last. No. The no but no. except if you're a Dojo who thinks the Rolling Stones are overrated. Well, but, yeah. The, I mean, uh, I. Well, Give me Shelter's got to be on here, and. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, give me yeah. Travel. I mean, there's got to be. Some, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you still got songs from from Exxon Main Street. You still yeah. got songs from Literally. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but, but great song. I mean, this belongs on this list. Um, oh, it, it those drums, my, Coop. Yeah, you it said also, it, man. This is this oh. is top. This is this is Mount Rushmore Rolling Stones for me on here. This song, and I like, on. I like the production of it because it's quite raw. It's not nothing is too too overproduced or cleaned up on it, you know. It, it is, yeah. And like I said, how many haunting songs have a have a a blistering pace like that song has it's you don't a darker haunting so you don't get that a lot it tends to be a slower pace when you get a darker haunting zone but this one just is like I, it's it, me it was groundbreaking what the stones did with this and i love what they do with it i mean the, the drums really drive the song they're the yeah. backbone of the song but yeah. how the guitar matches his vocal like during the the verses and then they just kick it in that's oh so good it is so yeah good. And they're saying this is like the least influential Stone song, so I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. What? Uh, I mean, I think there's got to be. F I mean, if you don't have five Stone songs on this list, something's wrong. Oh yeah, and yeah. I'm shocked. It's like you would have thought, like Country Honk or something that's a good song, but maybe not as influential would have made like 300 or something. Right. But I for this to be the first one, moment. yeah. This yeah. This one, this one surprised me, um, mm. because I I could have made a case to put it you know, as the one of the top two or three, mm, you want to say definitely. three, I'll say three, but yeah, I mean, unless there's, I mean, I very curious, like I said, we had to go to two, uh, 13 to get to a Rolling Stones, uh, song. So there was, uh, a total of 287 songs picked Jeez. before this one. I think, I mean, for me, if you're to go stone songs, you go, give me shelter, sympathy for the devil and then painted black. So it's at least I, top three. I, that's kind of exactly where I would put those uh, images. Right? Um, certainly, you know, like I said, there's stuff from from Let It Be, uh, Monkey Man, which I don't think is yeah. Good Love and Vain is good. Love but... and Vain, yeah. Uh, it's. I'll be surprised to see what comes up. I, I will. I'll even put Miss You on this list. I think Miss mm. You was a great. It was very. That was kind of Rolling Stones dabbling a little into the, with a little touch of disco, is what I'll say. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but the baseline in Missing You. Is Bill Wyman's bass in there is just mm. the best. I mean, that's why I'm like, mm. that's a, that's such a great track. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of another great track, and I don't think it's the last we'll see of this artist is Beyonce, Single Ladies. We just yeah, talked I, about this in the last show. Yeah, I wasn't gonna touch that one. I knew you were gonna take that one. <laughs> we were we were prophetic. 
Um, I think this song took her career to the stratosphere. Like she had good stuff out with Destiny's Child. She had some good solo stuff out, but this really launched the Beyonce that we see now, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, amazing song with some great feminist themes. We talked about it on the last show, so I won't belabor it, but um, it, this is a song with a woman singing about love, singing about marriage and commitment and sexuality, but not defined by men, which is a lot of times you'd see in pop. It would be like the song would be about men or about love, but it's really about like the boyfriend, like the man is like the central figure of the song, right? This is the first song about love and sexuality where like a man isn't the figure at all. It's like all about women and you know and how they deserve commitment and they deserve to be respected and it's not like you haven't had that in a pop song really to this extent um which i love and the video took off and the song took off and uh it was great i love the song and uh and uh i i think she'll, she'll get more on there but this is definitely uh, a very interesting song thematically, but like, I just think it would have been, been higher. I higher. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so it's become such a, you know, like a wedding mm. song. Uh, you know, it's kind of, but it's the anti-wedding song. I mean, you know, mm. it's a cat, it's a catchy song. Uh, whether you like Beyonce or not, I think you can get you can get hooked on this song. You know. Yeah. Um, oh, I yeah. Can, I mean, I can see Seth guys singing this at a wedding. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's what, a good song. Yeah. What I love about it is, like I said, it's that the, the theme of the song isn't defined by its relation to a man, like a man specifically. It's, it, it, it's it was, about. Yeah. yeah. It's about, you know, marriage and stuff, which is which is about men. But it's not like a man is a central theme. It's about it's all about the women in the song, which yeah. I love. And. The only thing I can think of, Coop, is, is like I said, this theme of sort of the the closer you get to 2022, the further songs are are going. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think it just looks like we're getting back into like those 60s, 70s uh, sort of songs, and the 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 the, clo- the 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 more contemporary songs are sort of moving down the list. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Because yeah, it should it should be higher, but. And, and and the thing with Beyonce is it'll be interesting to see if songs from Lemonade. I could see some songs off Lemonade making it, which would be probably the most current. Because it, you know. Yeah, I mean that that's that's album's be tough. so good. It is, but I just I don't know if it had enough time to. Yeah. I think Formation makes it somewhere, unless, unless it's I, made it already. It w- I mean, I this may hurt you. This may be the only Beyonce song we say. Oh. Um, that's a great song. Yeah, we'll see. I could be wrong. Where's your next one here? All right. My oh, next your next song, which, by the way, ranked higher than Painted Black, by the way. And it's a great song. I don't know if it's this. And this is, I think, going to be the only song. Unless there's one other, I could tell you the other one. But uh, um, it's More Than a Feeling by Boston at 212. So right up. Uh, I've had 214, 213, 212. Um. All I got to say about this is this is debut song by debut album. Uh, mm. Monster. Uh, yeah. It's an anthemic. It's Boston. They're very anthemic type of band. Um, you know, it's just uh, there's great musicianship in this in this band. The vocals are fantastic. Um, mm. it, it was a, it was a you know, it's uh, 
Oh yeah, this is uh... that. It's it's yeah. Now, I listen to that guy Rick Beato, uh, who's a mm-hmm. who does a lot of music mm-hmm. theory, and he thinks that "Peace of Mind" is one of he puts "Peace of Mind" as one of the greatest songs of all time, which is the second track off the album, which is right. kind of making me wonder: Does "Peace of Mind" make it? But I don't think "Peace of Mind" necessarily um, had the impact that this song had. So I, my gut is telling me this is going to be one and done for for Boston right now, uh, for mm. sure. Uh, but 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 it's hard pressed to find a debut single from a debut album that was as monster a hit as this one was. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there was a couple. I had another note I wanted to just bring up in the Rolling Stone piece that they said. Uh, let me just pull that real quick. Um. They said. Uh. Uh. Blah 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 blah. blah. Um. No, I think it was, uh, you know, they, they, they wrote a note here saying it was inspired by Left Bank's uh, lovely psych pop, pop ballad, Walk Away Renee, um, which mm. I thought was kind of interesting, too. Um, and then the lyrics are pretty cool. It's, this, it's about this, you know, Marianne, right? Uh, the character of Marianne. So it's kind of a character in there, um, mm. which I was told was a real person. Well, not told. I, I've read it's a real person. So, and they say it here as well in the Rolling Stones. Right. Style. So, uh, um, yeah, it's hard to believe that this song is 46 years old. Jeez. I mean, that's, that's another amazing thing, um, which I thought, thought is really, really cool on that. Um, so great song, great track. Um, and uh, I, I'm okay where it was. I'm, I'm okay where it was, too. 212, I'm fine with Hmm. Another song I'm okay with is is Stevie Nicks. I picked Edge of Seventeen uh, at two thousand at uh, two hundred seventeen, which is interesting. Yeah, <laughs> lots so of seventeens in there. Only one Fleetwood Mac so far was Go Your Own Way at four hundred one. So yes, yeah, this is like yeah, yeah, this is Stevie. Um, yeah, go ahead. Let me go. You go. Oh no, go ahead. I, it, it's off her debut solo record, uh, Belladonna, and. Another Tom Petty link. This song was inspired by uh, Tom Petty's first wife, Jane, who they oh, met at I 17. Yeah, I didn't know that. Because uh, she was friends with Jane and Jane said they met at 17. And so that sort of inspired inspired the, the, the track. Love the guitar riffs. One of the best opening guitar riffs ever. I love this track. I don't think we get more. I mean... No, we'll get not. more Stevie Nicks with 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 Fleetwood Mac, I think, but not more off of this record. I don't imagine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I said, uh, Stevie Nicks, I think just like Joan Jett, who we started out with kind of shows that women can lead rock bands and go solo. I mean, a lot like Janis Joplin. Um, so it's important in that sense. And I just I just love the track. I love Stevie Nicks vocal on the track. I love the track. Yeah. Uh, Belladonna, in my opinion, was the best album she did. So mm-hmm. it's got the leather and lace song with Don Henley. Yep. Uh, it's got Tom. You mentioned Tom Petty. Stop dragging my heart around uh, the duet with that. Um, Roy Bitten, I know, has contrib- contributed some pianos on that album as well. But Agent 17 was definitely uh, the the star of that that thing. Um, I don't mm. see any of these other tracks. No. It. Uh, so I think this is going to be at least Stevie as a solo artist. Um, 
Because the other one, Rooms on Fire, came later in the decade, and I don't think it was as good yeah. as this one. Yeah. No, this is it for Stevie as a solo artist. I agree. I but agree, a great but... song, uh, nonetheless. Yeah, but we got to see more Fleetwood Mac, I think, for sure. Oh, def- definitely. Yeah. Ooh. I thought you would pick this track, Coop. Yeah, speaking of Don Henley, uh, at about uh, 209, uh, it's The Boys of Summer. Um, and uh, this was from, uh, this was a song that was out my senior year in high school. Um, what a song and what a video. Uh, mm. The video, like, when I watched the video again, and it reminds me so much of my dad's uh, growing up, uh, those beach scenes and mm. running around with girls. I mean, I, that's what I've been told he was like. Uh, I love the video with Don Henley. Just like he's on the back of a Cadillac, I think he's really riding on a convertible, and they're just filming him, right? The black and white. Uh, but the song is great, uh, you know. And we used to kind of um, at parties, right? They'd go to song, and he goes, um, "Nobody, you know, Don, Don, Don," and we we go, "Big Don." Mm. We, we we go, uh, you know, I, I I'm gonna blow the lyrics, but we, there was always a point. You feel it in the air, Big Don. Someone's out of reach, <laughs> Big Don. And we just kind of would just do that, like like partying like that as well. Um, what I'm going to say is Terrence Riley of Agonorsalif does not know music, okay? okay. Because right. w- Chad, Chad, who's probably going to be listening to this, we were at a dojo house, <coughs> and um, we were kind of just doing music challenges, like come up with a good song like and, that everyone would like. And, and, and Dojo picked this song. And Terrence dissed it to a point where he turned it off. And oh, Terrence! Terrence disrespected Don Henley, and I'm not happy about that one, right? Uh, sorry, you know, and I was like, Don Henley is great, right? Um, like I said, I think this is about right. It, it was a top 10 song, I remember. It was, it was a big radio hit. Um, mm. I don't know if – maybe End of the Innocence is the only other one I can see that makes the list. Yes, that's a good call. That's a good call by you. Which is really a Hornsby song, by the way, Bruce Hornsby song. Um, but that would be the other one I would say. Uh, I don't think Dirty Laundry is going to make it. Uh, no. Have we seen a lot of Eagles on on the list? I I'm trying. To I think, think we. I think this might have been a track. Not a lot though. Let me look at the list here. Uh, Hotel California was low at three eleven. Um, Very low. That was the one we saw. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. That and that was very. I mean, it's hard to argue. As much as I love this song, how is this higher than Hotel California is, is an interesting thing. That's strange. Uh, but Don Henley was always a guy that the the Grammys really loved him and everything. Um, he did very well at, uh, you know, with nominations and getting awards. So uh, but I love this song. It's uh, it, it's just a it's just a great track. Um, and I'm glad it's, it's about right. I think 209. I'm totally yeah. fine where it is. Yeah. 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 Um... Let's see. My final song here. What do we got? Oh, Funkadelic Coop. There you go. A little, uh, um, yes, you got to get that in there, which was a side project of Parliament, but it's become a major sort of influential band in and of itself. This is One Nation Under a Groove. It's probably one of the most sampled songs ever. Um, sampled a lot in hip hop. And, and, and I think Funkadelic and Parliament, but Funkadelic as well, really established that sort of mothership funk kind of movement that like ultra tripped out, you know, got eight people playing bass and like, just like, yeah. you know, the bands are like 10 piece bands. And it's just like that really kind of taking that funk sound all the way to the extreme. Um, 
and I love it. Uh, I think everybody, I mean, it's sort of like a song that has 75 hooks in it. Like it's just yeah. hook after hook after hook. Um, yeah, came in at 210. Um, yeah, I think Parliament will be higher. I think we'll get some more Parliament. Uh, maybe not more Funkadelic. I don't, I don't know. But uh, yeah, but a great track. Great track. Yeah, no, it's a good one. Good to see uh, a little funk on here as well. Oh, definitely. Yep. All right. Good job. And then my last one, uh, this is his first appearance on the list. Uh, this is Johnny Cash at 201 with Ring of Fire. Ooh. Uh, this is an absolute classic here, this song. I mean, uh, I just think this is, again, it's a Mount Rushmore song of Johnny Cash. Uh, and uh, I think it's a very much a groundbreaking song, you know, that he did. Uh this kind of has the man in black, a little bit of the man in black theme to it. Uh, a softer kind of song in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know that I know that this song had a lot of inspiration from his wife to be, uh, you know, who become June Carter Cash, obviously. Yep. So uh, this was, you know, I was happy to see Johnny Cash. I don't think this is the last we're going to see of him. No. Um. And I guess the, 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 they said in Rolling Stone, and I noticed this, June Carter came up with the song while driving around aimlessly one night worried about cash's wild man day oh, yeah. Yeah. and uh she was also well in fact she still couldn't resist him so um eventually uh you know um cash uh, had a dream and uh, i guess this somehow was inspired with it and um then the rest was history have you ever heard the frank zappa version of this it's pretty cool no i have not yeah there was a frank zappa version of this as well oh, i can imagine that yeah so uh um, and eventually, four years later, he'd marry June Carter. So, their duets, right? Um, him and June Carter Cash. June Carter, by the way, very underrated. Um, very underrated. Yeah, are just incredible. Like their duets are the best. Yep, I agree. Great pick. I agree. I mean, I think again, I would put this on Mount Rushmore. There's got to be several more Johnny Cash songs. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, Although country's be- getting a. Country's getting a, a a short stick here, so I I mean, they might have one or two, but I reckon they're gonna have like two like massive songs of his, maybe because they're just not country's not getting much of a lick in. So I, I I could say maybe see two more of his. Some pretty big ones, maybe Man in Black. Um, two other big ones will will uh, Folsom Prison will have to be on here, or cocaine blues maybe but no very big very good um i was just saying with with uh johnny cash i could see a couple big ones still like maybe cocaine blues Folsom prison man in black i wonder if they could do any of the newer ones like off the american series because that was a pretty big series for him yeah so it'll be interesting to see. I'll be interested to see because country's not getting a lot of people on it. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see what more they have. I do, too. His. I do, too. Uh, I think it's going to be very interesting to see on that. Um, so for folks who just heard, we, we had a little we had a little glitch technically. So we just restart, we stopped and started. So hopefully if you heard a little blank air. That's why it was that. It'll be seamless. Edited yeah. seamlessly. Yep. Um, we'll hope. <laughs> before our final thoughts. Uh, how's your cigar going? Uh, very good. Uh, this is a bold cigar for Connecticut. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a cigar that I'd say is close to medium to full in strength and body here. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting 
cigar. It starts out creamy. It's got some earthy notes. Uh, there's this pepper bite that kind of exists. Uh, the pepper is definitely ramped up in the second half of this thing right now. Uh, I get a little bit of a nutty flavor at times with this cigar, too. Uh, you're definitely going to taste the FSG tobacco. It's, this is, I don't mm. think, a case where the FSG tobacco is just a little leaf to see what they did. I think there's some, definitely some FSG in this, which is amping this up right now. Uh, it's not an overly sweet cigar, is what I'll tell you. Um, and it does at times have some bitter notes, um, but they're not harsh bitter notes, is what I'll say. Uh, pretty impressive. Like I said, this is much more impressive right now uh, than those original ones I had with the uh, Freestyle Live. I got a quick question for you, Coop, because there was a time, oh, God, would have been 10 years ago, maybe, where there was a there was a lot of amped up fillers with a Connecticut wrapper that didn't do all that well or that I didn't like a whole lot. Like I think my father, my father did one that I didn't really like. I didn't care for that one either. And I mean, how is this like, does it match well, like the 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 more amped up blend with the Connecticut shade wrapper or because I know like in the past, those haven't really done all that well yeah i mean this is not for the connecticut shade smoker is what i'm going to tell you right uh so if you're a connecticut shade smoker uh it's probably someone who doesn't smoke connecticut shades that's going to like this better uh you know but i go back to you know in espinoza the 601 black is mm. the one where everyone talks about god i love that, that cigar. great cigar and it was an amped up connecticut it was too far ahead of its time and uh it didn't do well and and you know they brought it back because i think some of these amped up ones have come out and that's a very mm. good one. That's a very good one. Um, I don't want to say I don't think this one's better than the 601 Black by any means. Right. Uh, it's going to give you that Florida sun grown like bite that it has. OK. Um, but it's not it's just if you're looking for the creamy, woody. Not that. This is not that at all. Uh, Go the room 101 Connecticut. Still one of the best. Love that room 101 Connecticut. With that Davidoff wrapper they used. Uh, oh. Fortunately, I don't think that one's going to come back. But uh. No, but your big payback Connecticut was actually very good. Yes. Yeah. So it's not because I think the problem I had with the, the my father and stuff was that they were just too opposite end for me. But it's not it's not too much. It's not yeah. competing too much for you. Yeah. The It's all right. OK. No, because I think, like I said, um, I do like there's a bite to this cigar, but it's not um, it's not aggressive. Um, right. But it's, but if you're looking for a little more kick, that this is not, I wouldn't put this as your morning Connecticut smoke with coffee, yes. is what I'm saying. It's definitely, like I said, more amped up. Uh, it's different than under, it's completely different than undercurrent shade, is what I'm going to tell you. Oh, uh, okay. I like, and I like some of the nutty flavors that, that this, that this cigar is, um, mm. is delivering as well. Um, and uh, I think that part really uh, makes it kind of shine right now. Um, I've seen, uh, the reviews have been pretty positive on this is what I'll say uh, overall. Okay. So, uh, the, you know, the other thing is, is a little bit, it's got a little bit of dryness, this cigar, not that the tobacco is dry, but it has a yes. little bit of that dryness effect on, yeah. on, on the palate as well. Uh, I've seen people say okay. this is mild to medium. I, I'm going to put this more medium plus the medium, you know, medium to full. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well constructed. Cool. Well, I. Yep. No, that's that's great. I'll check check that one out. Yeah. Um, my Stillwell. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious. I want to uh, hear it. <laughs> so, I sort of sit. I like it, but it's like you get hints of everything coming together. Like you get hints of like 
the 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 tobacco the pipe tobacco come together with the wrapper and, you, and it's like the sweet yet spicy kind of note and you're like oh this is it like this is it and then it kind of goes away <laughs> and it comes back for a little bit and it sort of goes away um so i would have liked it if that if the if the like like what the the palettes guys said like if i like the the pipe tobacco to be more amped up um but there's a good body and it's great discussion construction like i've smoked it this far um I think the problem is, is without that pipe tobacco really shining, it kind of becomes a bit one note. And it's just a really good uh, full bodied cigar. Um, but I think the is other issue is his price, right? So this is like a $14, $15 cigar, right? Yeah. And it's like, well, I could get like talking about Drew State, like I get a Nika Rustica, right? And get that same full body spiciness out of a cigar that's like half the price um but i will say i did like the cigar i would smoke it again and it hasn't turned me off to trying the other ones like it has like i like after having this i'm still excited to try a couple of the other ones to see what they're like um where i think the palettes guys had the aromatic one and that almost turned them off on the whole project like I'm not turned off by it, but I wish there was a bit more. I yeah, I had a negative experience with this cigar, but mm -hmm. I've only smoked it twice and I haven't smoked picked it up in a couple of months to review it. Um, and it wasn't the Perique or the pipe tobacco. It was a problem. I think it was more what you were saying. Uh, you know, it's kind of a quote my old friend Stogie Santa. Uh, the cigar couldn't make up what it wanted to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Uh, and I was kind of saying maybe there's still some settling that was going on with, with the Perique in there. And I'm not a big Perique guy, but it was nothing like Perique that really turned me off from it. So I'm going to give it another shot, you know, uh, when it goes up. for It's going to be up for review pretty soon. Uh, it was of the four. It was probably my least favorite of the four. Yeah, I think I mean, for me anyway, and I've just had this one. I haven't had any of the other ones. You get glimpses of what you think Steve is after, right? Yeah. Like you get in each of the thirds, you get a couple puffs, maybe a couple inches of like, all right, all right, I see what he's going for. And then it vanishes. That's a good point. Yeah. So I, I don't. So it's enough for me to be like, he's almost there. And what he's going for, I really like. But it doesn't stick around long enough. So I don't know if it's an issue of maybe he tweaks it for next year and it's like dialed in. I don't know. But. I can see what he's after. Yeah. Um, it's not going to make me want to go light up a pipe of Perique tobacco. No, 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 no. Yeah. Now, I don't I can't speak for a Perique pipe smoker if they would go for this or not. Um, that's I don't think so. I'm going to go by you guys, other people who know more about that than me. I think and then I'll, and then we'll get off this in the new music uh, or in our final thoughts in new music. But I think, Coop, it's sort of like we, we talked about the uh my father connecticut right it's like who's this cigar for right because if you love if you love perique tobacco you're not going to get enough of that and if you love cigars and want to have a little a, a complete a pipe tobacco uh note you're not gonna get enough of that note to complement the cigar either so i i sort of like 
it, it, it sort of like doesn't please either camp, I don't think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, if you're a pipe smoker and you're like, oh, I wonder what this would be like in a cigar, you're not going to get that. And if you're a cigar smoker and you're like, oh, I wonder what this pipe tobacco is like, that'd be cool. You're not getting enough of that either. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, I, agree. so, yeah, so I think it just doesn't I think I just don't know if there's like I, like I can't I don't know what audience it's sort of aimed at. Like, I know what he's trying to do, but it just doesn't come together. I, I yep. don't think. Yep. Agree. Agree. And but I still think, but I'd I still have it again. Yeah. And I, I doesn't turn me off from the Stillwell Star series because I do think mm-hmm. there are I do think the English, uh, the English and the uh, Navy blends were good. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the Navy one. The Navy one was my uh, like favorite. I said, of, uh, my first impressions, that was my favorite of the four. Like I said, I went for the cigar mainly because it had Perique in it. And I was interested in what the Perique was like. Yeah. It's and I got, gl- got, I got glimpses, glimpses of that, but yeah. not enough. Yeah. I think that's a fair thing to say. Um, but but then again, I don't know construction. So I don't know if it's like he could do a smaller size or if that's not possible. If it's not possible to put more in so it won't burn. Like that's the thing. That's the, that's the side of cigar making. I have no idea. Yeah, so I don't think so he was trying to. I don't think he was trying to make a smoke perique, a cigar that was perique piped. Out. I don't think that's what he was going for here. Uh, mm. Look, and I got to give Steve a lot of credit. This is this was a risky thing he did do. Uh, it's a it's a polarizing yeah. thing, and you know, uh, and I think it's also a time where you got to give the brand a chance to develop. Yeah, I think, like I said, there's enough in there for me to to want to see him give another another crack. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And maybe if he just tweaks the blend a little bit, it, it, it like, you know, performs a lot better. I don't know. Agree. But it does. Like I said, it doesn't turn me off to the line. Like, I'm still going to try the other ones. Yeah. I agree. Um, final thoughts. I we kind of talked a little bit. No, <laughs> not much metal and no Prince. Like, what's going on? Like, yeah. where's Prince? Where's Prince is a big question. Uh, we mentioned the where's disco. Um, where are some of the newer stuff? Yeah. And, and you and you didn't like this block or you think it's the weakest block so far? I think it was the weakest block so far. Yeah. And, it, and that's not saying this was a bad block either. I just thought it was the weakest one of the ones we've done so far. Uh, if you notice, yeah. especially actually for me, I thought the weakest part was 250 to like yeah. 225 ish. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was that lower, lower part of it. Um, so, yeah, I think it was uh, interesting. You know, there was some interesting songs we didn't talk about. Uh, Purple Haze at 250 by Jimi yeah. Hendrix. I just think there's going to be more Jimmy. So I'm yeah. holding out. Yeah. Um, Beastie Boys Sabotage was at 245. Um, uh, you know, Pavement. Uh, this was a new yes. song. Uh, Summer Babe uh, made it at 244. Um. Here was another one, Great Balls of Fire by Jerry Lewis, 242. I'm not a big fan of that song, actually. No. Yeah. Humpty Dance was at 241. Yes. Yeah, I almost picked that one. Uh, I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys was at 240. <laughs> I was close to picking that, but I'm like, nah. I'm gonna... Yeah. A um, couple of others. Lean On Me by Bill Wurzlers was at 236. Um, mm. you uh, a couple of other ones. Uh, the Who's My Generation at two thirty two. I almost picked that one. Uh, your girl Whitney's was at two thirty one. Would I want to dance with somebody? Um, yes. Yep. Uh, we uh mentioned a lot. The Smiths actually. Sorry, Hector. We didn't pick the Smiths. That uh, there's a light that never goes out. That's a great song. There's gonna be it, more Smiths. I don't know. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, you had Joni Mitchell two twenty five, right? Yeah, yeah. That we, we I saw. Yeah, so I, I just didn't do that. Um, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Uh, uh, Judy Blue Eyes was a two twenty two. Ike and Tina Turner's River Run, uh, River Deep, Mountain High, two twenty one. Mm. Great track, by the way. Uh, you mm. mentioned the other New Order track, Bizarre Love Triangle. Mm, yep. Uh, um, just a couple. Uh, Jailhouse Rock by Elvis at two sixteen. Uh, worth mm, mentioning. Yes. Yep. Um, we of course I had a oh, With or Without You, U two at two eleven. Yeah, I think there's gonna be more another U two track on there. Yeah, whole. Doll parts, uh, yes, 208. That was one we could I could have went with Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name at 207. Uh, Wichita Lineman by Glenn Campbell at 206. I mentioned that because I think Glenn Campbell, I think Rhinestone Cowboy's got to be higher than that, is what I would think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I thought about that, but I thought Rhinestone, I was gonna wait for Rhinestone Cowboy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Britney Spears, What Baby One More Time, 205. David Bowie, Young Americans, 204. Stevie One, The Sign, Sealed, and Deliver, I'm Yours, 203. Uh, Elton John, Your Song, 202. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, there was a quite a, you know, well, like I said, I just do a lot more where I had a tougher time. Um, but I was trying to spread it out like you were, and it just seemed like this was all six, a lot of 60, 70 heavy in this section. Yeah. And the stuff that was 90s just really didn't grab me to pick. No. no. So... We will. I know we'll be continuing this. Uh, we got four four more of these. We'll probably do, like I said, a, an analysis of this when it's done, because I really want to see how the data kind of. I'm gonna do some data scr- scrubbing style when this is done. Search. So we'll kind of look at some stats. We'll pull up. Search it, crunch it. All right, um, so Dave. It's time for new music. Yeah, let's get some new stuff. Yeah, from c- the cigar hustler people. I lost man. Dave again. Dave. Oh, did you lose me? Did I lose Dave? Can you hear me? Yeah. Hold on. All right. We'll get into New Music 45, sponsored by Cigar Hustler, located in Deltona, Florida. Uh, go visit Mike and his crew there. They have a, uh, a great selection of uh, boutiques and uh, just uh, tried and true brands. Uh, great lounge, great customer service. Uh, just a great overall experience. The humidor is something for everybody. You can't get there. Get to uh, cigarhustler.com. Get on the email list. You'll get all the uh, information on their um, on their uh, newest releases. There, uh, they announced their own uh, newest release, the the BDP, which is the Mike Palmer cigar. Yes, I was told it means Big Dig Palmer, actually. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, that one they're doing with. Um, I want to say the Morales, the Cordoba and Morales folks are doing it. With. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, which so they make some good cigars. So uh, it's a cigar I definitely want to check out as well. Um, so yeah, definitely check. That was just announced this week. Um, and I, I'm like I said, I'm going to be going down there in May. So I'll, I'll be making my pilgrimage to the Cigar Hustler for sure. But Dave, what do you got this week? All right, Coop, you're going to love the first one. Side A, Soccer Mommy, Shotgun. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's a great it, it's a great contrast of garage rock and glitzy pop. Yeah. It's extremely catchy and it's definitely going to be on some top 10 lists of the year, I think. Oh, it's a great song. This may be one of the best tracks she's done. Um, I agree. You know, a lot of people were like were down on her last album who are Saki Mommy. Like, well, I always liked I liked all her work. I 
think I started talking mm. about her a couple of years ago. I'm like, I think this this woman is the real deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this song is a great song. Like I said, I think it'll get on a lot of lists. Uh, great track. You got to check that out. Yeah, she's touring Europe, I believe. Oh, she's going to be touring Europe. Yeah. So she's going on a big tour. Um, and I think she's based in Nashville, too, is what I found out. Oh, wow. Really? OK, yeah, so that's a good too, place to be based. Far, but, but yeah, I mean, check her stuff's really good. I like her stuff. I know Dojo's into it, too. Yeah. So this is the lead single. So I'll be interested to see what the rest of the record's like. Um, side B, Coffee times 10. Now, her record Gifted is out. I love it. I think I've done reviews on three songs already. Uh, the first track of the record. Thus far, it's my song of the year. Wow. It's just a very uplifting, hopeful song. And it's just like right song at the right time. I wrote a review on it on the on the website. It's, it's not like an overly complex song, but. I love it. Song of the year so far for me. Good. It's a good track. It's a good track. I think, like I said, it's right. It's right place, right time. And that's a very hopeful, upbeat song um, in an era where we're not getting a lot of hopeful, upbeat songs. So it's it's I love it. Yeah, no, it's a good track. I like it, too. Album archaeology homework. Now, the only reason I picked this album is because I have the, the big hit off of this album is in my head. So I really only picked this album for that song. <laughs> and that is uh, Heart with Little Queen. I've had the song Barracuda in my head, Coop. I love the song Barracuda. Oh, uh, classic. It's an absolute. It's an absolute. It's a, you know one of Hart's original. Yeah, I mean the rest of the album's okay, but it's really just for that song. It's got a great riff. It's sort of got Ann Wilson's vocals has a bit of King Diamond metal about it. Like I love this song, and that and that's that's the only reason I picked the album is to listen to Barracuda. Wow, wow, uh, yeah. I mean that's uh that's old school. You're going with Hart with that. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love that song. So, you know, not the most complex uh, album archaeology, but, you know, check out Barracuda. Yeah, uh, you know, it is. It's definitely a, a good one. Um, that's, you know, like I said, Heart Day. And then they had this kind of data 80s. They did this stuff in the 80s, yeah. which, which some of it was good and some of it was not. Uh, I'm a big fan of I was a big fan of that Heart Heart album. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but that's probably their I, biggest one, I think. It's their biggest one. But, you know. Barracuda is still, I think they're, you know, God, I, love that song. I think that's still the bell of the ball. All right, cool. And I'll leave it to you, Coop, to close us out. Yeah, this was a long show. So thanks to our audience. Thanks to you, Dave. Uh, stay tuned for uh, we'll announce what the next show and the date is uh, very soon. But be sure we'll be doing uh, plenty more shows. Get out and vote uh, with Battle of Bands 90s Madness. Um and uh, we're going to be heading into some of the deeper rounds uh, over the next few weeks. So we're already halfway through the tournament because the first round takes the longest. So everything mm. after that goes much quicker. So uh, before you know it, we'll have a final four and we'll be talking about when that show is and we'll have all the details. So just stay tuned for us on that. But thanks, Dave, again. A great show. That's going to wrap up Primetime Jukebox episode 69 into the annals of history uh, for this April 2022 edition. We'll see everybody next time. Take care.